Hello and welcome to Everyday Channel number 132, your favorite, most deceptively named bi weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new Benedict. <laughs> by our brand new Benedict, Benedict. Grouper. <laughs> oh, the only one. Yeah, Benedict, uh, our, our brand new Patreon, also the organizer, one of the organizers of the East Satara Legacy Tournament at Freising. So, Benedict, thank you for your support. And if you want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everydaychannel. You know, Kai, you know what I don't need to feel bad about anymore? Huh? I, I kind of ripped off the intro to leaving a legacy. Uh, if you want to support the running of the show directly, yada, yada, oh, yada. Yeah, that's what yeah, Pat yeah, says yeah. every single time. And right. it's just like so perfect. Like the flow is perfect. Right. And now I can actually steal it from them because actually sad trombone noise, um, they they are shutting down. Uh, I mean, did you I, hear about that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just mean like if something's good, just reuse it. No that's, one the, that's a Japanese way, right? And is it the Chinese <laughs> way? I think people say like copying stuff is like a form of appreciation. Oh, like I think so what Japanese mostly do is like um, they, they kind of copy something but they make it better you know so it's, it's yeah, not that's really what like they say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no 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 i made it better yeah no 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 i didn't rip it I off ma- sure. i made it better i made it better for you guys you know <laughs> yeah you have a better life did, uh, did you know that the um the soviet union actually ripped off the space shuttle they actually like they copied the space shuttle they stole the plans and they allegedly even improved parts of it oh i i thought Oh, did they did they take the whole thing? I th- I thought they took like a part of it. I would need to look into it again. But from what I've seen, they uh-huh. they basically they they kind of like stole the plans, just like as you do, and then, then right. they allegedly then, improved some of the systems and, and they made it better. Yeah. <laughs> well, some parts. I, okay. I don't know if the final product was actually better, but yeah. Um, leaving a legacy sh- just shutting down. I think it's worth a mention because that other than us has been basically. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that has been one of the longest running uh, legacy podcasts out there and. Absolutely. I, I, I heard rumors about what Pat and Cherry is are going to be doing in the future. Can you imagine? Oh, dude, I, I got I got no idea. I, yeah, I, I would think that like Pat has probably been hired as like a coach or a scout by the New England Patriots. The, the actual rumor I heard about Cherry is that he's like he's like how, how would you say that? <laughs> he, he's becoming a mercenary. He's he's joining some mercenary thing and he's gonna become an international uh, mercenary. He's, he's going to be a whatever for hire. Which is a, yeah, which is like a significant upgrade to, you know, a podcast host. To playing um, Sneak and Show, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like you show oh up to God. a war zone and all of a sudden somebody throws like Grizzlebrand into you and you're like, oh, fuck, right. not again. Right, right. Like, that, gives you the, the, that actually gives you the real PTSD. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, have, have you mentioned that it's only you and, yeah, you and I today? <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned it, I didn't even notice. No, no Callum, Callum is in a secret it's mission. It's so quiet today, you know, like it, it kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we're moving on with the Brexit, right? Uh, <laughs> Great Britain ran out of internet for the week, and unfortunately Callum doesn't have like the premium crown monarch connection or whatever. And whoop, whoop. Yeah, we, we had the option to literally call him on the phone, which by the way, the In Response podcast kind of did with me when, when I was on their podcast. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, how, did that, how did that go? It, yeah, well, it looked uh, like it was kind of spontaneous now. Uh, not so spontaneous, but uh, that was actually, oh my God, that was last Christmas. That's almost a year ago. Damn. But we should go on that podcast next time together because I only talked about <laughs> Austria last time. Have you ever been to Austria like in a serious way? Uh, like yeah, like twenty twenty years ago, you know, like when I went went to like a like a ski trip or something. I, I was I was still like half baby, as I am right now. But you know, uh, you, you know, a friend of mine, she actually goes to countries like she visits them in in an ironic way. She she went to Transnistria. You you know what Transnistria is? No, I I, I don't know. 
you you, you heard about Moldova, and that's like northeast of Romania, and they they have like separatist movements that uh -huh. actually succeeded, and like one third of the country, or like more like a fifth of the country, has split off. Uh, informally and is running its own thing but their football leagues are still intertwined it's like kind of weird <laughs> and she was like i want to go to the weirdest country in europe i can think of for holidays and then she she went to transnistria on holidays and blocked about it how she hung out in like old factory halls and, and partied and drank and that was, that's great actually like you know like whenever you go on a trip it, it's it's not like for me personally it's it's not like like the the location itself it's more like like what do i actually do there you know oh you're and saying it, you're it, not appreciating the post-soviet Oh, dude, I mean, I, I, I totally, I totally am. I totally am. But like, you know, if, if, if I, if my plan is to just literally just hang out, you know, have some good parties or drink a bunch, make some new friends, I can do that anywhere. I mean, yeah, no, there's got to be people somewhere in that country. But, uh, you know, like <laughs> some people would be, would be appreciated. Like, sure. Yeah, like, you know, like, like a handful. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, um, dude, what what have you been up to? It um, says you won't go to any restaurant. What? Explain that. <laughs> so uh, I so I think I only put that one sentence in the show notes for today. It says a Kai won't go to any restaurant in Berlin for the rest of the year. So hear oh, me out. Because you want to spend all your money in magic cards. First of all, yes. And uh, there are so many shitty restaurants in Berlin. I didn't know that. Oh, I did who, who not would have know guessed? I would have, who would have guessed? It's literally, oh, dude. I, it's like, so, you know, you, um, so I got a girlfriend, you know, and sometimes we like, we, it's like, hey, uh, we kind of want to get some good food outside. And like, let's, let's see what Google says, right? Because like, usually Google knows everything. Like, Google is like just talking to God, right? Like, like you know, the, you kind of, you kind of know what you get. And you look at those like, somewhat good looking places and they got you know good ratings right like a 4.5 or something which is almost in impossible in japan by the way like spoiler alert in japan <laughs> if you if, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in to like if you're in any any place in japan and you have like a like a restaurant which is like rated above 3.5 that's probably close to like a michelin restaurant already what? are you fucking kidding me no, like if you go to a 3.5 in europe it's like oh dude like there's nothing else in town right right I, I didn't know that so so in my in my head i was like dude okay so there are like so many 4.4.5 places in berlin it's like dude that, that that that's impossible right so i went to one of those and I gotta say, it was like a Vietnamese restaurant, and, and I guess I gotta say, like it was probably the shittiest food I had in all of 2022. Did and you rate them? I did not. See, that's the yeah, problem. I, I, yeah, yeah, you know, like that's <laughs> that's probably like the whole problem because, like, after we went there, I like we were obviously we were like, super super disappointed, and like don't get me wrong, like I, I'm not I'm not Gordon Ramsay who like literally like you know just spits out everything if it's not good. Um, like I I'm I'm a normal person right like a normal yeah that should lead. I, right <laughs> and uh and you know but if the food is so bad or like if you expect like something you know like four like like five is the absolute maximum and if the food is so like mediocre you go out and it's like dude, like who actually rates these kind of places and then i realized it's probably those those like local people who have absolutely no idea Right? It's usually their relatives. Have you never been asked to like rate some? <laughs> I'm serious. God, like I remember yeah. a friend of mine opened, not even a friend of mine, yeah. the godmother or godfather of the mother of a friend of no. mine, like five times removed, right. they opened a business and they asked me to rate their business on Google. Google, but, but you haven't been there. <laughs> I would never go there. I don't even know what right? they do, but I rated them and now my name is out there and I was actually oh considering deleting it because I yeah. didn't realize that my name is attached to that right. now. 
Like, like imagine, imagine if you like op you open a new restaurant and on the real not not on the open like on the opening day it already has like two hundred k above ratings, you know, <laughs> like like what like what the actual fuck, you know? <laughs> That's what you do, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like capacity fifty people one night. Yeah, we we serve two thousand people tonight. Everybody's sat there for yeah, like that, five minutes. Like, yeah, so it's like some regular numbers, you know. Just just don't worry about it. Nothing suspicious at all. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so I, you know that that's what I had like a couple of times uh, during the past couple of uh, weeks, and uh, you know I there are there are places on in the world where you you can go out have good dinner and uh, it's gonna be always great. You know, like like some countries pop in, in, put into my mind, like Italy for example, it's like one of them. Japan obviously, like oh, a lot of Asian countries, um, but Berlin definitely not one of them. And you know that yeah. I learned it the hard way. So, uh, you you would eventually discover the the hidden treasures of Berlin, and right. you'll tell us about it someday. Right. Imagine yeah. if, if if Wizards printed a set like from the vault, Berlin. <laughs> be like, it would be like all like strip mines and wastelands, and, like <laughs> ghost town. No, not ghost town, not so much, but yeah. ghost quarter. You know, just, <laughs> that oh would God. be it, man. Like, like 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 the muddiest cards ever. <laughs> <laughs> like mono brown something like yeah and they all have like fa yeah. fading three or four they like go away <laughs> oh dude definitely definitely like like yeah, you know like, like like vehicles that you can never crew for example because you know like <laughs> like, tra like trains literally like trains never uh you know arrive on time it, it just never happens so uh you know Oh, and I can imagine like a vehicle that's that's a bicycle, and your opponent can attack attack you with it as well. Like any anyone on the table can use it. Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah. Or like just a vehicle you cast, and then you know, and, and does the battlefield like I don't know in ten minutes or something. You know. Yeah, then it's like it's tapped it in even, ten minutes on your opponent's side of the board. It, it doesn't even it doesn't even stay next turn. It's just like in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. Gosh. Technically, you could do that in a tournament setting, right? Because right. like the clock is kind of part of it. But yeah, that's. I mean, ten minutes. That's like five turns isn't it depends on the deck like for, get, for marcus I, it's just like a single land drop or something right but uh yeah uh what have you been up to <laughs> dude i was gonna talk about like how i'm excited for the 4k commander decks uh the 40k commander decks because i'm gonna play those on the weekend oh, and yeah. like the brothers war promos like holy shit that worm engine and that that Phyrexian revoker they look like gas absolutely dude, gas absolutely mm, do, do you know worm call engines are german card name of course, it's like Dude. like they, they taught it to you, like they taught it to me in like primary in, school back in, then. In school, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. in school, it's, like it's that. the mighty Wurm Spiral Maschine. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> the the mighty Wurm Spiral Maschine. Right, and like I so I was wondering like wh why this card is this card is so popular because if you if you pronounce it in English, it's Wurm Spiral Machine. Dude. Yeah. like is there any better card name ever? I don't think so. In, in English? It, like, yeah, I mean, I almost like in any language, but like Worm Spiral Machine is like, dude, it's it's the end boss. It's like... Oh, if you if you pronounce the German word in English. Yeah, the Worm... As yeah. if it was an English word. Okay, now right, you Right, right. Okay, okay. So cool. Worm, so cool. Worm Spiral Machine. They, they couldn't do like the SCH. Somehow they always pronounce it as a K. Like Machine. Oh. Ma machine. I thought they said... Oh, Okay. We take those. Uh, anyway, we take those. Uh, but. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I actually what, what I've been up to? I went to the, the diving trade fair. My favorite diving trade fair in Friedrichshafen. It's called Interdive. Ooh. 
And yeah, I don't know, man. This is just like the best time of the year whenever I'm not in Kenya, uh, at least work-related, because you you meet so many amazing people. And once a day, I get to do a presentation on the big stage. And I don't know, man. I, I just love that shit. Like, I <laughs> I didn't like doing doing presentations back in school because it was boring. But like doing presentations about stuff that I'm actually excited for. And like, I remember on one of the days I had to run up to the stage because I was running late uh, because I had to like counsel somebody on Kenya. And then I, I literally, I ran to the stage. As I ran up the stage, I grabbed the microphone and I like jump on the stage, just like shouting, you know, who's down for some Kenya. And then, uh, and then like some people in the audience were like, yeah, let's do Kenya. And, yeah, and I, put your hands up. <laughs> yeah. And then I just like started throwing out bracelets into the crowd and just like, dude, that's, that's no, shit, man. Dude, you're a, fucking, you're a fucking rock star, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, that was, I mean, that's, like, that's not even a presentation. That's like a live concert of some sort. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, you try to make it that because some of the other presentations yeah. said like, okay, right. and then we developed this machine. It will make it easier for you to come oh, up don't. after. Yeah, sc- again. Oh, screw that. Screw it's like, that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Just, <laughs> just, yeah, just, just, just give me some drums and bass, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what my presentation is pretty much like. I think next time I need to add like some music or something. Ah, but we will see. I, I loved it. And yeah. yeah, lots of people interested in Kenya. And we will, we will see yeah. how that works. That is really sick. Is, is like, did you see like a, like a, how, like how does it change in the, um, like, fall winter season you know in terms of like um attendance or like are people interested in the like, kenya trips like more in the summer or like you know uh, so the, the peak season the peak season for us is definitely cr- festive seasons or christmas new year's january and a little bit of february that's like the absolute peak season because that's where it's the coldest in europe and uh i, I can't really say the hottest in kenya it is but really only by a couple of degrees because we're almost exactly smacked up on the equator so there's not too much of difference except for may i'm, I'm starting to, to enter my marketing talk except for may where there's the rainy season so i recommend against that but oh. if you come in may we can give you a better safari blah 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 <laughs> so yeah um if you, if you want to see the great migration come between beginning of july and beginning of october that's where like all like almost two million zebras and wildebeest they come from the plains of the serengeti into the masai mara and you know what's hilarious? If you, I have one of those pictures that I show from from above, where you see thousands of wild beasts, and yeah. they follow just a couple of zebras. Like there's this huge crowd of wild beasts, and then there's like I think ten zebras in front of them, and they literally just follow them because they are stupid, but they are also smart enough to know that they are stupid, and they know that the <laughs> zebras, which is by the way a very uh-huh. dumb animal, are more How intelligent than them. Yeah, so they they just like go wherever the zebras go. Uh, yeah, that that, uh, that sounds uh, reasonable. You know, they I understand. Mean, if, okay, if, this if, animal if is smarter, smarter than, than I am. Me, yeah, then yeah. I should probably follow them. You know, <laughs> you know the zebras like, could actually abuse that power. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of like people who complete like net deck someone's deck list, and that was like plus a side book. Like, I mean, like that. I I guess that person is smarter than me, so I gotta like do exactly the same thing. You know, that's yeah. at least that, that's at least like what I did like way back when I was like you know like 16, 17, 18 years old when I was uh, when I played Legacy. I was just not I. Like there was this one guy um, in our playing group who had like Canadian threshold, but like nimble mongoose, and, like tamagoths and things like that. And I just didn't get it, honestly. Like I, I just got crushed by like Maverick and like bigger decks. But I keep, I kept like copying this guy's deck list plus the sideboard guides because I thought he's like way smarter than me. Like he's doing like all those like five O's and like you know undefeated tr- whatever tournament finishes. And I was like only like the O three bracket dude, you know and. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I mean, it didn't matter, but you know. Yeah, in the, in the long run, it did. I guess right. you you gotta like <laughs> paid, yeah, it, before it, it you. Pay, yeah, paid off like broke. ten years later. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, but that's so, yeah, really that's, exciting, though. Yeah, that's that was a great time. Uh, also, like 
makes my life really crazy right now because so many people I, I just told you before the cast right that's just like so many people who want to get married in kenya and i can only like attend to so many of their requests but yeah i mean at oh, some point, totally. you just go home and you record a podcast and life goes on and then you respond on the next day. Uh, and uh, like today, I literally I was answering emails and while an email came in, like four more came in. I was like, this is like, this is never ending. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Oh, but yeah, let's move into or is, is there anything amazing you want to announce as well? Uh, no, I, I got like one thing, um, one card that really stood out to me in the... Um, like the 4K, um, 40K command decks in the Brothers Walk promos is the Phyrexian Revoker. Um, like that card, I, I think you mentioned just like, you know, just right briefly, but I wanted to talk about this, this card and how much I thought that this card will never leave Legacy for like the longest time. Uh-huh. Like, I, th I remember me saying to, like, one of my closest friends, like, back then, that as long as sneak attack is legal in Legacy, Phyrexian Revo Revoker will stay. Like, some something like that, you know? I told him, and... Uh, Dude, I was wrong. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I wonder what, what one of the sacred cows of our times is that will be gone in like five years time. It's like, who would have thought that Brainstorm is falling out of favor or oh, Wasteland dude, or I don't man, know. I was scared that you, you're going to say like, that's a real cool. Holy shit. Yeah. By Dark Ritual, yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh, God. That will, that will break my neck. Yeah, dude. That will probably break my neck. Yeah, we're, we're laughing now. Uh, but <laughs> but since you mentioned cards, uh, I also want to point out the, the Phyrexian Dragon Engine from the Brothers War. And that card is kind of crazy. Like, it's it's a new card for three mana. It's a 2-2 artifact creature, Phyrexian Dragon. Yep. Somehow it doesn't have flying, even though it's a dragon, but it has double strike. When Phyrexian Dragon Engine enters the battlefield from your graveyard, you may discard your hand if you do draw three cards. Unearth for three colorless and two red. So basically it has that that red, the new red looting ability, right? To discard right. your heart, draw three cards. It's kind of cool because uh, Callum pointed this out. This is really good with both um, Goblin Wilder and oh, Goblin it's Engineer. It's an artifact, holy smokes. Dude, how, how, could you, how could you miss that this is an artifact? Like, have you looked <laughs> like, at it? <laughs> I was, like, I was looking at the artwork, like, this whole time. It's like, I, I, I almost don't care what, what color this is. Oh, this is an artifact. How can you, how can you play Magic, man? Like, this is Dude. an artifact? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so, like, I was so focused on, like, like, where are the wings? Yeah, why, why doesn't it have flying? You know, it's like, like, so focused on the artwork so much. And it's like, oh, man, this is an artifact. That's crazy. <laughs> because, you know, like, the first thing I... I thought it was like, dude, this is maybe cool and dredge. <laughs> this, like this is like the first thing I thought. It's like, dude, you can crack like two LEDs, you know, to unearth this. this, this <laughs> the first, oh, amazing. <laughs> but like, okay, yeah. I, I guess you gotta have those two LEDs, but oh, I don't know. It, it has, it has melt though. It melts with something. Yeah, like, that uh, doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Oh, that it's doesn't like, matter. If okay. this and another planeswalker like Mishra attack together, then it melts into another creature and it does like the crazy stuff. But yeah, you you can do this. Um, and if you bring it in, it, it basically draws you three cards, right? Uh, unless you 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 also pretty want to keep the other ones. But this is this is pretty cool. I like it. And there's even like a world where you just like pay for the unearth. It's it's not unheard of to get five mana. Oh, totally. Yeah, especially totally. in a soul land deck. I mean, like, like you know, you already mentioned uh, the the painter deck, and it, it, I mean, it is a mountain deck after all. A mountain you know? deck, dude. You're deep. A mountain, a mountain deck. <laughs> dude, like... I, I'm playing a mountain deck. What do you have? Oh, I have, a, I have an island deck. I have Ooh. a swamp deck. <laughs> yeah, give me a, give me a, what's it called? Like a forest mana. Oh, yeah, didn't you? Oh, I, I said, uh, I said swamp mana. I said, oh, I, no, I said skull mana. <laughs> no, we, we we were cultured, like we were cultured. We we said black mana. Black mana, yeah, that sounds like so... And we uh, added black advanced. mana to our mana pool. Advanced, yeah. <laughs> That's how we did it. I dig it. Phyrexian Dragon Engine, though. 
Very, yeah. very cool. Cool card. I like that. I, I like that. This is like based on probably um, one of the one of the older cards from antiquities, which is called a dragon engine, right? There is a dragon engine card. Oh, which, yeah, which yeah. by the way, which by the way, I don't think it has flying. It has like this uh, wonky artwork. First of all, I think it's like a one three or something like that. And it has I like I only see the artwork in front of me. I don't even know what it does. Yeah, you know what? like it, by it the power of the internet, I'm gonna look it up. I, I mean, it has a pump ability. It can pump its power only for I think for two mana, which is you know a sh the shittiest trade ever. But, you're right. But this it is, is exactly the card. Mana, I think it is like a three mana one two or one three or something like one, that. One three, yes. And of course, it's in the same set as um, as Mishra's Workshop, so you can like casually <laughs> dump this guy on the field on turn one, you know, and then never pump it because Mishra's Workshop is Mishra's Workshop. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> it, it, it's so terrible. <laughs> it is so terrible. It's so bad. You know what I love about this? Like back then when all the cards were like really shitty, but yeah. the flavor text played them up like a lot. Like look at this. This is a three mana one three. It's like, oh, who's going to be scared of that, right? But hey. the flavor text is, those who believed the city of Krug would never fall to Mishra's forces severely underestimated the might of his war machines. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I got these bombs. Like, Mishra walks up to the city. It's like, oh, look at these monsters I have. And, like, all the balls are like, like oh, come at me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we will see how the Brothers War is going to play out. Like, I have, literally have no idea when all totally, of these sets are totally. releasing. All, all yeah. I know is that the Commander decks are coming out right. of Friday. But shout out to anyone out there who's listening. If you got your uh, Mishra's... No, no, not Mishra's workshops. Uh, your um, metal workers and your, I don't know, like um, what other crazy artifacts you played back in the day in your mud deck. Just, you know, just, just get them out. Um, this might be a very good looking uh, mono brown deck. You know, it pr it's probably not the, the, the best deck in Legacy ever, but it's, it might just look very good. You know, I'm not even sure which deck we are talking about. Oh, oh, you're saying like a, um, a mono alt frame, mono brown deck? Yeah, yeah, something Ooh. like that. That's right. what, that's basically what, what Vintage used to be like, except for a couple... Yeah, you remember like Vintage Workshop decks before all the new stuff came in? That's basically oh, yeah, what they yeah, looked like. Oh, yeah, 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 something like that. You know, like if like Metalworker, maybe like Tangle Wire, you know, like th like those kind of... Uh, Triskelion even, yeah. Triskelion, kind of sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me some of those. I remember when, like, Sword of Fire and Ice used to see play in that deck, and then we got the old frame promo of Sword of Fire and Ice, and everybody oh was like, goodness. oh, this is perfect. Dude, sign me up. Sign yeah. me up. And yeah. then we got stuff like Lodestone Golem and stuff. I guess Chalice was always there most of the time. But yeah. Right. So, Kai, uh, we, we're um, coming together for this basically impromptu cast, uh, because there's, like, really big news. But before we go into that, let's, let's give a very short overview of what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to quickly answer a couple of questions about stickers that were posted on the on the last episode. Then we're going to go very deep into the 30th anniversary celebration of whale hunting. Hell yeah. Uh, and then we're going to round it out by looking at a couple of tournaments like the pre-modern European Championships and the, what's it called? Leaving, no, <laughs> not <laughs> leaving a legacy, the legacy pit. <laughs> Less the legacy pit open that happened lo uh, last weekend. Yeah, last That's weekend. Good. Somewhere somewhere on the East Coast. So, yeah, about, about those stickers, man. Uh, we got a question <laughs> coming to us from Kinda that we didn't talk about yes, uh, last time. Hi, Kinda. Kinda says he deleted this other question. What? Okay, he's got a new one. <laughs> Do you think there's a potential pipeline of modern pioneer, etc. players to legacy who want to try the bigger universes beyond sets, but who aren't EDH players? It actually took me a moment to understand the question. Do you get it? Uh, I think so. So basically, he's asking, like, um, if you are not a commander player, like, would you ever touch those sets like 40k, uh, Doctor Who, etc.? 
Uh, and I, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I started to play Commander like recently, but I think those, uh, those like supplementary sets are pretty interesting. They, um, I, I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, uh, I don't want to say like naysayers at first, but uh, are kind of like like questioning those, uh, those sets that look a little like wonky maybe or like not fantasy-ish, you know. As like for for example, like the forty uh, the Warhammer forty K set is a somewhat like futuristic um like set from a completely different universe, and not every Magic player has played Ma and Warhammer in the past. So I can definitely say that I see that. Um, however, I think both of those cards are designed for commander gameplay. Like if if you look at the the Warhammer set for example, like it has a bunch of it's first of all it is a commander product only I think, and most of the most of the cards that got um printed in this set by the way it's going to be released in three days i think they are pretty like commander ish you know if you get what i mean like they, they're like six mana bombs and i don't yeah. know like like you know just like leg legendary three colored nonsense creatures with like tons and tons of text a uh, lot of flavor cool artwork um so, so, so did we both mis misunderstand the question initially Oh wait, what? <laughs> because I, I I thought that kind of was talking about like these these players who already are enfranchised modern and pioneer players. They see these supplemental sets and they're like, "Ooh, dude, I want I want to touch those cards. I want to play with those cards." And the only option for them to do it is to play either Legacy or EDH. And oh. he's saying if they don't want to play EDH, will they come into Legacy just oh, because of those uh, cards? Hell no, no, no. <laughs> that 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 won't happen, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, sorry guys, you you are always uh, welcome to to start Legacy, but I uh, don't expect to uh, to run into a lot of like Warhammer 40k cards uh, just because you 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 know you picked up your first plateau. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the thing is, like, I I also don't see it happening. It's just like it feels to me like you. You're like, you know, you know what? I'm gonna buy a Ferrari because it has this really nice radio. I don't even know if Ferraris have radios. <laughs> That's how it kind of feels like to it's me. It's like from like 20 years ago, probably. But yeah. No, Actually, like, I, I, I'm really curious. Do, do Ferraris have radios? Uh, uh, I, mean, I mean, if I... Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so probably, it probably has like a, a sound machine, I was gonna say. Like... <laughs> A sound machine. A sound 200 years ago. Oh, let's listen to the sound machine. It's like a sound machine where you can plug your phone, you know, and so like ready to go. Yeah, that makes more sense. Right. But yeah, so yeah, I also don't think um, that this is like any real incentive to get a significant right. amount of those players interested in Legacy. It's just because like Legacy is too expensive, right? Exactly. And unless you play proxy tournaments, but then again, would you play those those universes beyond cards really? I mean, probably as a one-off in, in in some deck, right? Like I like one of my closest friends from Japan, like he's uh he's French, by the way. <laughs> he uh he, he played Vintage. <laughs> I, I, I like how you laugh about that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean he's French. Well, you know, enough said. Um and uh, he has a vintage belter deck, and I think he played like one of those um Street Fighter cards as a one-off in, in the sideboard or something like that. And it's like, you know, you can already tell, well, I mean People love pet cards. That that's that's all I can say. Like people Imagine play. It, like you, you play a tournament, then you lose to like I don't know Hadouken. <laughs> it's basically like, like the incinerator or something. I guess it does yeah. like three damage. I mean, or that's something. A kind of that's kind of a cool way though. I, I would I would love to lose to that like better than depends on the tournament, I guess. Thalia, yeah, <laughs> better than Thalia. <laughs> sure, sure, cool. Yeah. So second question coming to us from Niden with Modern Horizons, Bardos Gate, Warhammer, and Infinity, all making a splash. Do you think it's time to reevaluate their inclusion in Legacy? And more broadly, how do you feel about Universes Beyond and choke cards being in the format? Hi, how do you feel about that? Um, I think I kind of touched 
on this with the with the last question because I I think I kind of misunderstood Kinda's question. Ah, yeah, um, that, that was basically kind of like your answer. It, to that it's, it's it's basically <laughs> it's basically what I said. Um, I I feel like I I'm kind of positive and open for these kind of sets. I think uh they uh they're kind of swingy, you know, like some some cards um stay in those formats for maybe like a month or two. And then they kind of disappear because people are, like a lot of a lot of those cards are like either like meme cards or pe- people are people are always excited if uh, if something new comes out and they're like new toys you know and then there's like this wonky Espa color card but maybe can splash it in my stone blade that kind of kind of you know kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's cool for like a week or two again. Um, it's gonna be like you know a lot of laughter maybe at the table, but that's it. Yeah. Like I would and- right. Yeah, there's two things. So I, w- I would split that between like all the y- universes beyond cards like Bylos Gate, Warhammer Infinity and, w- and what have you, like Transformers or whatever comes, and Modern Horizons. Because I think all the universes beyond cards, they, except for Minsk and Boo, who is actually looking really strong, uh, I don't see any of them really like being a thing. Maybe I missed something out of Bylos Gate. But I, at the end, I don't really care. Like I don't really care as long as they're like not playable. And if they are playable, maybe they add like to good gameplay like that's that's i guess the only thing i really care about i don't care about where they come from and i guess yeah it's kind of weird if they have like weird artwork that totally doesn't fit into magic and the flavor is super off and i mean there is a danger that it could get out of hand if if they printed a lot of very playable cards and i think at that point we should reevaluate but i think we are very far from that like very far from that so it doesn't really i think yeah i think that's a good that's a good point i think uh you know uh, people should be happy if, if if new cards make it to legacy and it almost like doesn't matter where they're coming from right like if it's a supplementary set if it's a regular set if it's a core set doesn't matter um yeah it's all know, about the like, gameplay and, and the rate at which they enter legacy yeah, totally, and i mean totally. I, I can understand if people are frus- frustrated with legacy changing too much too quickly because that has always been a big part of the format identity that you can just like stack step back from the format for like half a year easily and nothing would change too drastically and now it probably does i think that's a point of concern but that to me that doesn't necessarily tie in with like oh universes beyond it's just like if, if they weren't printing universes beyond they would print something else and there's just like no scenario where they don't include them in legacy and i think that's that's the bigger point it's not like wizards actively decides oh this should be included in legacy wizards decides this should be included in what they refer to as eternal right anything that doesn't rotate and legacy and vintage just happen to to be part of that and to them in the end it's really only about commander like they want that stuff to be legal in commander and they don't explicitly state oh this is for commander they state this is for eternal or like happens to be legacy and vintage as well and i think that's that oh totally yeah yeah and also um i think like in comparison to like 10 years ago or 20 years ago like there are way more content creators and um on the mighty internet these days you have the mighty internet i only have regular internet I mean, in Berlin, it's kind of like shitty, lame, super slow internet. Yeah, they gotta make up for it, I guess. It's it's still mighty, though. It's still mighty. It's it's like like the Democratic Republic of North Korea. It sounds better, but it's actually shittier. (laughs) Just gotta wrap it in different words, yeah. Yeah, I I work in marketing. I know how it works. (laughs) But, like, the end of the day is that, like, like, content creators need new new stuff, you know? Like, things to be excited about, and... uh, Yeah, I I think, like, um, those uh, releases, they really push content creation to a whole new level um, where people like just don't 
don't repeat them there i don't know the deck from like five years ago you know because that's gonna be lame at some point i mean that's what you vintage kind of used to be like for, for a while it's like oh I, I made this change in the sideboard and now it's a totally different deck i mean we, we do that in legacy as well i mean yeah this sounds like so much like like blue red delva these days like dude i made this one <laughs> change in the sideboard dude Poof. yeah like, like max said right i i brewed right. a new deck and it's delva <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So, and the last thing is we, we actually had a question last time posed by Callum and not answered by Callum, but he submitted, well, technically an answer. And that was, how does this underscore, underscore, underscore goblin work when it gets bolted in response to its triggered ability? And for those who don't remember, the goblin comes into play and then you smash, I think, one or two stickers on it. And then you get mana equal to the number of unique walls in those stickers. It's whatever. Oh, yeah. What's well, that really tricky question? Yeah. I think yeah. We, could, we, couldn't, we couldn't find an answer last, uh, last and we episode. Tried to, we tried to like find it out, but we couldn't really. And then Callum actually looked into it, and he provided the answer in one of our chats. And the answer is, uh, there is no answer, and we have to wait for an update of the comprehensive rules. Screw you, Callum. This is, um, the, this <laughs> is, this is, such, this is such a worse... Oh god, this is actually the worst, really. Like, the worst comment you can, like, throw on. <laughs> I, I don't mind it. Like, I just loved how Callum posted that without any kind of source, uh, except for, like, he, he asked someone. And I just assumed this must be, like, some real authority. And and then, like, later on, I asked Callum, hey, where did you actually get this from? He was like, oh, this is just some dude from London. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some, some dude from London. But but, but, yeah. but but he added that the guy knows the rules really well. <laughs> I, I, I like to put that into my master thesis. Some dude from London who knows, comma, the, knows who, the rules really well. Yeah. <laughs> 2022. Yeah put, yeah, put that on my nameplate, please. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, that, that's a new word for church. Nice. So yeah, this we, we will find out. Something else we found out today, like, holy fuck, Wizards of the Coast is reprinting Black Lotus. Kai, do you own a Black Lotus? Yeah, I actually, I do. Actually, oh, I do. Wow. From, from Unlimited. Uh, I... I I got it in 2019. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to flex too much, dude. But uh, I really got this Black Lotus, you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, you know, it's it's like this, uh, this child dream. Um, I think everyone is like dreaming of the um, having like, you know, power nine maybe or like a like a Lotus or, or something. Or a house. Or a house, you know. I mean, I don't have a house. I, I, I got this like cardboard. I like, remember when we went to GP Lil 2015, like we went for dinner and you just randomly pulled out a, a blue hurricane. Oh yeah, that was crazy. That was not mine though. That that was for like someone else. But uh, of course, yeah, I was. I, 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 I mean, I was. I was a dealer. You know, it's just like just making sure that the uh, the deal happens. Did you randomly pick it up, or was it like prearranged? I I, I brought it from Japan. I, no, oh, no, no, so no, 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 wait, no, no, wait. I uh, I got it in Lil uh, and took it back to to Japan um to to a store. Yeah. But again, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't mine. Um, I was really only involved as, as the guy who takes it back to Japan. Yes. So uh, it's kind of crazy when you think about how easily you could like move insane amounts of money across borders without anybody ever really like noticing and magic cards. Yeah, dude. I mean, people don't know shit about magic. Really, it's 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 still crazy to me. Like even like with uh with like these announcements, you know, of like like Black Lotus getting a new. I almost want to say like a reprint, but like a proxy reprint. We're gonna talk about it in a bit, but. You know, like there was like, who doesn't know about Black Lotus? You know, but well, uh, I, I know a lot of people who probably won't know about right? Black Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. like so crazy to me because like Magic the Gathering, after all, is like the the most uh, I think like the like most well like well known uh, trading card game ever. By far, by far, right? Right. right? So uh, you know, I mean, people know about Charizard, so uh, they should. But I've always heard that rumor, and I I want to believe it's true that there's like 
first of all, it only really makes sense when, when you do like something illegal, right? So you can afford to take a cut because there's no better way to do it when you when you try to get your money across borders. And the the story I heard is that Canadian or American Canadian drug cartels or whatever, they get that drug money, they buy magic cards, they move the magic cards across the border, and then they resell them. And that's how they get money across the border without ever like causing any kind of suspicion. Really? That's, I don't know if that's, that's like crazy. a thing you could do like regularly because at some point it's just like <laughs> it starts being really weird and at some point yeah. I guess one of the countries actually runs out of Power 9 cards. It's like you move all the Power 9 from like Canada to, to the US. Like, <laughs> I mean, ha- ha- yeah, hashtag everyday eternal uh, finance. Thank you so much. Yeah, that, that, that's the hidden channel. <laughs> please, uh, pl- yeah, please uh, re- retweet or something, you know. just <laughs> <laughs> You know, somebody's going to do it. They're going to blame us. It's like, hey, <laughs> Kai like, and Julian told me to do it. Right. <laughs> and now I'm in jail. Okay, cool. Yeah, but back to uh, back to those thirty uh, 30th anniversary celebration. So um, I think I think uh, most people have heard of it by now. So Magic's gonna be uh old, you know. Next year, it's next gonna be year. Old. I think uh, it starting with the GP and uh, not not we can't, we can't say GP, but are uh, the um what's it called Magic Fest in Las Vegas? Oh, yeah, we're gonna get sued if you say GP. Yeah, you can't say GP. Like it was it like Magic Fest? Do you say Magic Fest? Is it Fire Festival Las Vegas? I don't oh know. man, I got no idea. Like <laughs> some some random Las Vegas event. The Gathering, Imagine. the one, whatever. Exactly. That's a really big one. But is it that actually Las Vegas? No, there's one big in Las Vegas, and then there's another one. I think in like Utah, or like somewhere out. I don't know. There's two big ones. Oh, I only knew about Las Vegas. But yeah, one sure. Well, I mean, they, they they can do multiples. I I don't mind. But one is organized by Wizards, and the other one is like privately organized. But yeah, you're talking about the one in Vegas. Right, but you know. Long story short, they're gonna make like a bunch of products, like special products to uh, to like celebrate the uh, the thirty years, which I think is 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 great. You know, uh, like Magic is a is a cool game. A lot of people have been like you know playing it for thirty years. I want to say I'm thirty years old. You know, like damn, it's great. But they made an announcement about some product that I think uh, is a little like, controversial and. Hashtag a thousand dollars. It's literally the most expens- expensive magic product ever sold by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. So, so what this is is, uh, I think Wizards of the Coast they announced that that's gonna be a special, like how how, are, how are they even called? I think like just limited booster packs or some, something like that. Well, it's called the thirtieth anniversary anniversary edition. Edition. Fine, okay. And you can buy a display. Quote-unquote display. Yeah, quote-unquote display for $1,000. So most people might think that's... Well, I mean, a display usually has like what? I think they call it booster box in English. Oh, it's booster box. Okay. Yeah. But there's a little like misunderstanding here because a lot of people might believe that it has like 24 packs or something like that, right? Like, But this one has not. Uh, It is only four packs, four booster packs are in there. And um, those booster po- boxes, uh, booster packs are regular, like you know, like 15 cards. They have a retro uh, basic land, I think, and a retro card at random, which might, you know, be one of those like beta cards. But the, the whole set is um, basically from like the super super early sets, um, if not like beta exclusively. I I don't know. I gotta look that one up. It's basically all beta cards. They removed a couple of beta cards, uh, namely. Contract from below, Dark Pact, Demonic Attorney, Earthbind, Weakness, and Crusade. And I guess I understand why most of them got removed. They basically like removed uh, which one are they? Uh, Crusade uh, because of that whole cultural insensitivity thing. Then the anti cards 
Bondage Fairy, which is Earthbind, and then they removed Weakness, which I found weird, uh, but Twitter pointed yeah. out maybe it's just like it's it's painting people with a disability in a bad light. It's, it, uh, I mean, it's just this old guy, right? Yeah, I, I'm really not seeing it. Like, I, I, yeah. I understand that might be the explanation, but I think it's really reaching. Right. But, like, I gotta say, like, I kind of I kinda like this Weakness card a lot because it has such a cool text. It says, like, if... Target creature loses minus two minus one. If the if this drops the creature's toughness below it, below one, it is dead. It is <laughs> it is so it is so cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, it's it just like it points out again. You know that thing is really dead. If you I mean, if you cast this on a raging goblin, I guess there was no raging goblin. But if you cast this on a damn, what has toughness one? I don't know. Moon's goblin. Pillaging Goblin Horse or whatever we had in the... Like, I don't remember the beta cards. I'm so bad at that. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, Mur uh, Murfolk of the Pearl Trident. So yeah, if you, if you cast out on that, it is dead, my man. <laughs> you know, like, but does it, it go is, to the graveyard? It is really dead. Um, Maybe uh, it gets incinerated or something. Ah, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the card is really cool. I thought they removed it because they said they removed it because they wanted to... Uh, this product with a modern approach, we wanted to be nostalgic, but not everything met our modern standards or removed six cards. I thought they removed, I, I literally thought they removed it because the card was too weak. <laughs> That's what I, like, Dude, I looked at. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to reprint <laughs> shitty cards, you know, they better be good, like as, like Uro or Omnath or Ragavan, you know, like. <laughs> I literally thought they removed it because it was like, yeah. just, just because they had like a certain number of cards they could reprint on like a right. sheet. And they were like, oh, damn, we have to cut one card. And they were like, okay, let's cut the weakest yeah. card. Which is the weakest yeah. card? Oh, it's weakness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look at Black Lotus. What a, what a power creep, you know? Like, we had we had Uros and Ragavis. Look at Black Lotus. It's just so much better. <laughs> Dude, I played with weakness. I, I picked it in draft even, I, I believe. I mean, it's not the worst thing. It's like a remover spell, kind of. Probably something that says, like, exchange a color to another color or some some, some yeah, shit like uh, or probably like, like any, or probably like any of those a thousand vaults they have in in beta because they have there's so many bad vault creatures holy smokes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this is this is what we're gonna get and like you mentioned there's gonna be 15 cards in each of those packs 13 are gonna be in the modern frame one of which is gonna be like a rare three uncommons seven commons and two basic lands somehow plus one basic land in the retro frame one additional retro frame card and a token. This is just like already going way too deep. But you know what I love? I love the next part in the description about the set. The retro frame slot, especially interesting, as approximately three out of every 10 packs will contain a rare retro frame card. And now here we go. Anything from a Black Lotus to a Mahamoti Chin or a Volcanic Island. I'm like, whoa! Wait. The three greatest cards in beta. Right, like, yeah, it should go like from Black Lotus to like, what, what's 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 the shittiest rare you can ever pull? Uh, the shittiest rare in beta, dude. That's a question for the Discord. It's probably like some some shitty mediocre creature. I don't know. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this on the Discord while we <laughs> while we record, and maybe if we're gonna find an answer. Yeah, if you're still listening, everyone, uh, you know, type it in the comments, type it in the chat, type it on Twitter. We're, still, we're not streaming. <laughs> oh yeah, and also type it type it in the chat right now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like me asking for for um, reviews on on Spotify yeah. for like two years, and nobody ever leaves a review. And I go. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Yeah, but seriously though, um, yeah, like the the range must be like really like white and. Uh, like first of all, I think this it's it sounds it sounds kind of cool, but here here is the here's the crux. Okay, so um this is not a legal set, 
right? This is not a... You can't play with any of those cards in any Magic the Gathering event. Not in a Friday Night Match. I guess you can play it in, in the draft, maybe, if everyone's playing it, but you can't play this in any of your, like, legacy, vintage, modern, constructed decks uh, if you go to an official event. And here, here's the thing, right? Like, do people actually pay $1,000 to get random product products that they can't even use in a regular event. It's and 60 cards, right? You pay $1,000 for 60 random beta cards. Oh, yeah. And I mean, most of them are like shitty comments. Shit, and like sh shit. Sh Shitty and comments and uncomments, like, I don't know, Grizzly Bears. And yeah, I mean, like, 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 no really offense, want, but, you know. Other than like Power 9 and Duels. And I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's nice to get a Birds of Paradise or Shivan Dragon or whatever, but You could drip come on. like a Fireball, yeah, but like, I, maybe like Fireballs, like what, um, among the... Um, could we actually reach like, oh, imagine if you open a Fireball <laughs> in your $1,000 pack. <laughs> like, ooh. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, man, this is just like the shittiest product Wizards ever made. I'm going to call it as I see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know, man. This is this is, this is is just crazy. I, I, I know that Magic has done a lot of... A lot of uh, like you know like uh, overpriced special sets um a couple of them like for example like secret layers for example like any like uh, limited prints of of you know of like special sets and so on um but this has gone a little too far for my taste at least especially for like for like proxies like imagine if you buy a thousand dollar pack to then get a plateau which you can proxy instead of like buying a regular plateau i i, I don't know like yeah, you know. the thing is like even if you get a black lotus like you, you can play those any brands where proxies were already legal in the first place. And you can get like really nice proxies. I hear like even somebody on the cast might do proxies for oh, people. Oh, dude, I got no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, ask me. I can, I, you know, I can, uh, what is it? What's the deal here? So you can get four, you get, no, 60 proxies for $1,000. I can make you 1,000 proxies for $60. Actually, that's a pretty bad deal. I should probably, not, I should probably <laughs> never do it, that. It. I should probably never do that. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really uh, don't get the, the appeal here. And maybe it is fair to uh, relate this to, or compare this to um, some other sets that have been um, non-legal, non like Collector's Edition and International Collector's Edition, right? Like those, yeah, cards are, yeah. those cards are out there already. Like yeah, and those were released back in, I think, 1994 or 1995. And uh, Tom a uh, friend of the podcast, so part of the podcast actually did the math, or rather a friend of his did the math. And... It basically turns out back then you could buy a whole collection of collector's edition for $50 and inflation included that's about $100 today and you got the entire set. Now we pay 10 times the amount of that <laughs> and we get like 60 random cards. It's like, what crazy. the fuck? I don't know, man. Like, the, the, I think the, the one argument that's always going to be there is, hey, let people spend their money on what they want to spend their money on. Yeah, sure, but that's not going to stop us from like giving shit to wizards for trying to to like milk a product that's not worth a thousand dollars. Right, we gotta have we gonna have our shitty opinions about shitty products, and no one can stop us. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, so here's my question to you then. Um, what would you say? Like, what is the threshold for for um for a proxy card? Like, it's a you got you got a cube, right? Because I think a lot of people wanna like have some proxy cards in a cube deck, maybe. Uh, or like yeah, cube or uh, maybe commander deck, and like how much would you pay for, you know, like a like like a decent uh decent proxy cast, like nothing handwritten, you know, like like something maybe unique yeah. or s something just good looking. Um, but um, like if we are talking for a, about a single card, I literally couldn't even tell you uh because I 
Dude, I, I couldn't tell you. Like, it really depends on how nice it looked. But I could see paying, I don't know, $20, 30 $40, dollars, even if it was like... Yeah, that that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, Like, 50 I, I would say, like, 50 is probably, like, you know, worth just draw yeah. the line, maybe. But anything above 50 I mean, it has to be, like, I don't know, like, chef's kiss, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, but... but or, or continue your thought. I, I want to... No, that, that, but that that's, like, you know, because people are going to compare proxies to uh to like regular card prices right and if proxies become too expensive then like what's the point of uh you know getting a proxy if the original product is like i don't know almost like the same price you know yeah it's crazy the the thing i want to bring up is i think that the method of distribution is really off when it comes to proxies like people who buy proxies buy like they target cards i want this proxy I don't want 16 random proxies, 60 random proxies from beta. I want this, this, and this card. And I think if people, get, if Wizards printed something like from the vault, dual lands, or I guess we call it like Epic Gamble. What's it called? Not not Epic Gamble. Um, Secret Liar. Secret, Secret Liar. Liar. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Epic Gamble. That's literally like a legacy deck. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tony Scaponi. Uh, <laughs> if, if they printed the Epic, uh, the Secret Layer. Dual lands and yeah. power nine or something. I think people would be willing to maybe pay two hundred, maybe even more for for a set of proxies. Of course, Wizards is not gonna. I mean, I say of course, but Wizards is not gonna frame it as that, right? It's not like, hey, you can buy proxies directly from us now, because I guess that would be awkward. Uh, but I I don't like how they they tied it to this random method now of exactly. like distributing it this way. Because if if yeah. I were, you also brought up like how much would you pay for a cube, and I think that's something people have talked a lot about in the last ten years. Even if Wizards ever sold a pre-made cube with like non-tournament legal cards, people would spend hundreds and hundreds oh, of dollars on that. Uh, yeah, dude, a hundred percent. I think definitely, if Wizards printed a pre-made cube, uh, don't even care if it's like powered or unpowered. And it's like really nicely made, and I think people would that, easily spend two, that, three, four hundred euros on that. Maybe five hundred. Yeah, I would even. say so. Yeah, it's it's that, that's almost like uh, buying a board game. You know, like a Settlers of of Catan or like Dominion or like any of those like other. Just you, yeah. you, you just buy that one product. You know, get on like eight people and that that and you're good to go. You know, that's uh, that's it. Nothing to add. Nothing to remove. Yeah, and it entertains eight people for hours, and you can replay it so, so many times. So I think it would really warrant uh, like a kind of a really high price. But this method of distribution by like random chance, yeah, I don't so, know, man, it feels so off. Yeah, so we might see that product in probably like two and a half years, you know, for a, probably like $10,000. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, everyone. That's going to be out there very soon. So uh, don't you worry. Yeah. So and speaking of getting like the Power 9, uh, another friend of Callum actually, dude, Callum has so many friends, man. We're doing it wrong. <laughs> they're, they're all called like friends and like, you know, like friends from London who knows yeah, the rules. We, we, should, we should play like uh, Friendship is Magic. Isn't that like this pony game? Uh, I don't know. It's just like but so many friends. He had a friend who calculated that you will get a, about a one third chance of getting a Power 9 in, uh, is it a pack or the four, in each pack? Something like that. You get a rare in each pack. Now, I think it's actually... So, yeah, anyway, your chance of, like, even getting a single Power 9 isn't all that high. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I guess people right. are going to buy it as an investment. Dude, but I mean, then... yeah, like, like imagine you, you pay, like, $1,000, and then you, you and then your rare slots are, like, Fireball, Sarah Angel, freaking Channel, and then something else useless. I don't know. Yeah, dude, we, we, we have actually answers from, from chat here. Uh, we, we actually summon chat from the Discord. And the worst rares in beta... According to our chat, are Blaze of Glory, Animate Wall, Farmstead, <laughs> oh, Chaos Lace, 
<laughs> Do you know what animate walls does? That is so such a shit. It's hilarious. Shit. It allows your walls to attack as if they weren't walls, Holy and I, it's shit. an enchantment. But it only costs one white, so it's almost worth it, right? <laughs> but the, the artwork is amazing. Like if you've never seen the artwork, I, like, I, I, I know that that's like that's like one of the like goofiest <laughs> artworks ever. It's like the, it's like it's like this it's like this one. <laughs> lady who's like trying to cast a spell on on like a it's on and like, like a cartoonish looking wall which is like super tiny legs and arms and it just looks super stupid yeah the wall is like not impressed at all <laughs> it's like it's like a did is this is such a, a meme card this is like a meme that came out even before people knew about memes uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh by the way the original um uh writing in, in alpha is amazing target wall can now attack target walls power and toughness are unchanged even if its power is zero. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I guess that's what the rules say. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we just ignored that back in school. Like, we literally attacked with Wall of Swords every single turn. Oh, did you? Yeah, I mean, and then somebody opened, like, Rolling Stones and said, like, walls can attack as if they weren't walls. And we're like, like, what? Of course they can. That's that's like you caught disadvantage. I think it still is kind of got, like a disadvantage. <laughs> but yeah, um, dude, seriously, fuck this product. Like, fuck it as hard as you can. This is this is dog shit. This is absolutely dog yeah. shit. I've, I think we've rarely been, like, this harsh on product, especially when it's like, hey, let wizards extract as much money from the whales right. as they can. But okay. this is this is shit, man. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> ignore this product and uh, rather go to sawatarix.com where you can get your uh, unique alterations for 35 bucks, you know, per card. Okay, you can actually scratch that. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually making those. <laughs> and uh, you might be, uh, you know, I might add some value to your MTG lifestyle. So, uh, you know, just that. Yeah, yeah you, know, you know how I actually imagine? Like, I, I love to imagine that the, how they came up with the price for this product. Like, I liked, like, like to imagine they sat in their meeting room and somebody was like, okay. Yeah, so how do we price this? How much should we set up for? And then somebody was like, a thousand dollars. And they were like, deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man genius seriously genius. Yeah, yeah or like they're all the dice or something yeah it's crazy crazy a thousand crazy dollars yeah by the way somehow um there's also some fuckery with the slots like the uncommon and common slots um uh, all the rarities have remained unchanged except for soul ring which is now both common and uncommon <laughs> oh that's interesting Dude, so I, mean, I, mean, did, I mean did you know that soul ring is uh it's 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 it has its most printings uh, as a common slot right in those uh, commander products oh it's, is it yeah yeah I yeah it's like it's uh it's oh i think like in, in every single not in every single but i think in most commander decks pre-constructed ones uh, soul ring is in there as a common card i think they put it in every single one these days yeah it might be, yeah. So, and I think Soul Ring was only an uncommon, like in the very old days. So, uh, it, it I remember when Soul Ring was like this very special card. Like people sometimes they, they didn't consider it like part of the power nine, but power level wise, like it's Dude, up it's there, like over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I've heard reasonable arguments that Soul Ring is a pick over Black Lotus and Draft. Uh, yeah. I mean, like that's yeah. I mean, it stays on the field. It's, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. Black Lotus is, is more like a. Super dark ritual, like a cabal, a, a threshold cabal ritual. You know, you, you can only have it once. <laughs> of course, I, that's how you I, would describe it. It's like, oh, you know, that just don't worry. It's it's, it's like it, it's like some 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 shitty threshold common from uh scourge or no or like no whatever that set is. Um, yeah, doesn't matter. Okay, so yeah, the basically what I want to say is, if you want to buy this, like, don't feel bad about buying this, but I don't think like you. 
I would be curious what you want to get out of this other than maybe treating it as an investment that you hope will appreciate over time right. because I, I don't really see much that you can get out of There's even like this other card game where they printed Black Lotus. I mean, it has yeah. a weird zero at the very top or, or bottom, I don't remember. Uh -huh. And you could even use that as a proxy. I mean, it's not as beautiful, but... Right. Okay, so yeah. here's here's also like another thing that just popped into my mind. So um, maybe you guys remember remember um, the... You guys, like you guy, um, you remember the... Uh, what is it called? The um, the non Magic the Gathering Black Lotus that got released like a like a year or two ago. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, what, what's that one called? Um, I tried to find out. Nobody knew. It's some other kind of card uh, game. Like, it's, I like think it's, like, it's like Dual Masters, I think. Right. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. It has. You know what? I'm gonna Google that. Give me a second. Yeah. I, th I think it's Dual Masters, and and what's so special about it is that it has the same um cardboard or like the, the the same material. It has the same size as a Magic card. I think it also has the same white as a magic card it's just not a magic card yeah and, and it costs 40 euros right now it, yeah and it's like pretty much the same thing as the product they're gonna they're about to release you know with this black lotus like you can't really play it it has the black lotus artwork and uh well i mean there is it uh 40 bucks i think people went crazy about this uh, dual masters um, black lotus when they got um yeah. Least, I, I think people paid like paid like way too much money on on this, and uh, we might see the same thing happening here for the for the newer Power Nine cards. Yeah. So I think that the big picture here, and of course the thing that Wizards wouldn't say is that they want a share of like the proxy money, because for for as much as they like still uphold the reserved list, they know that the future of of Magic, or or rather like these these Eternal Star uh, Magic formats is just like proxies it's all over the place and they either get into it or they don't and somebody else is going to make that money it's it kind of reminds me like how all these these rental services in magic online are making a lot of money that wizards could be making if they wanted oh but, yeah to totally yeah. yeah so i feel like they they've kind of found a way around the uh, reserved list because i mentioned that on twitter right in a way wizards found a way to reprint reserved list cards without actually breaking the reserved list uh, at least the way i understood it yeah. Because most of the, at least, vintage tournaments, they happen in an environment that's not sanctioned. And commander tournaments are also, like, not... Tournaments, quote-unquote, are not sanctioned. <laughs> commander play is not sanctioned. Oh, yeah. uh, even though some people try to push, like, CEDH and stuff. Um, but even then, I guess, it's it's not sanctioned. And even the the, the commander rules committee, right? They, they put out a tweet today that they are not going to bust down your door and, like, check your cards on your, like, kitchen table for authenticity and stuff. So Exactly. So, like, yeah, I, th I think there's, like, a very small portion of Magic players left that um you know like who care about uh events basically about sanction events with sanction like events, yeah. og black lotus and those kind of uh, cards yeah right so i think that's that's for as shitty as that 100 uh, 100 100 <laughs> you wish you wish 100 <laughs> well a, a thousand um dollar uh, price tag is the the idea i can very much understand it's really just like hey guys uh, we want to cash in on that because that's just like yeah, what we're going like to give a, you. yeah a few yeah, a few digits too much but the, yeah the thing that i find interesting is that in the past wizards has it has made it very clear and even like the recent past like a year ago they have made it very clear that they cannot do that they, the reserved list doesn't allow them to do what they did. Because somebody on, on Blocker Talk, for example, suggested that they do exactly that. Like, go border cards that are all the same, but not tournament legal. And then uh, Blocker Talk is Mark Rosewater answered, there were a bunch of loopholes in the original version of the reserved list that we later closed. It covers all normal-sized versions of the card. Yeah, that was a fucking lie, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this, <laughs> aren't we like talking about normal sized proxies right now? Yeah, this is a normal know. sized version of the card. It's not tournament league. It's literally what the dude suggested. And I mean, all the more power to them. I think it's great they do that. I just feel like don't give a shit about the reserved list if it actually doesn't apply in the first place. I don't know, that feels so patronizing, like, oh, no, we can't do this because blah, blah, blah. It's like, and all of a sudden, oh, you can? Like, don't give a shit about the reserve list can change when it literally changed so many times in the past. And now we are also like, either, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just find it shitty when, when, when wizards in the past pushed certain arguments and told us, oh, we can't change it. And then all of a sudden, oh, we can change it. Uh, I like the outcome. I just don't like that they can't be more clear in their communication about yeah, that shit. I, I mean, obviously, people people who play Magic, like they, they, they want to like trust um, the product, right? Like they trust the product and also like, trust the people who are behind the product. So I, I, can, I can definitely uh, see when, you know, people get a little upset because of those uh, announcements. Yeah, I guess if, if, if you actually took those, those announcements for granted, right, uh, then you will... Like, you will really feel like Wizards cheated on you. Because in the, in the, there was even, like, another question, right, that also came, I think, on Blogger Talk or somewhere. And the answer was, we are unwilling to reprint reserved list cards at normal card size, regardless of border or back. Yeah, that was a lie, too. That was September 2017. Okay, that was five years ago. So never, ever Wizards come to us and tell us that the reserved list can change. I'm not even sure if that whole, like, original like normal card size thing is actually in the reserved list or was but the thing is like the thing changes so much it can change in the future again so i'm right but we're quickly approaching a future where it literally doesn't matter because with the release of this product and i think that's the greatest thing to come from this is that wizards is taking another step towards normalizing proxies it's just like when the creator of the game actively says proxies to their product like they're gonna have an even harder time just like telling us, oh no no no, don't don't play proxies. Uh, that's it's bad. I mean, they probably don't even care all that much about like. I, I have yeah, so I mean, many thoughts about that, but yeah, I don't. But like... I, I think like I, I think like at the end of the day, like Visus is obviously like interested in like more people picking up the game at the first place, right? Regard like, uh, just doesn't matter which 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 format it is, like if it's Commander or Standard or Legacy or what have you, or Cube. Like you know, getting new people um to the game is is generally a good thing. And getting people excited is also a good thing, but you also gotta be uh just you know like you gotta be honest with with, with the crowd you already have, right? Like that that's that's the only thing yeah. I think. Uh, it feels very like out of touch out with like the the reality a lot of people are living in these days right. as well. Which oh, obviously like it also uh shows how many people care about magic, right? Because like if if not a lot of people care about the game, they wouldn't yeah. say this, right? So uh, you know something else that actually rubs me the wrong way a little bit at least. It's like, this is supposed to be the 30th anniversary, part of the 30th anniversary celebration. And like, come on, nobody's taking part of this celebration where we take, pay $1,000 to do that. Gonna, like they they, they yeah, did like, a lot of other things. They, they reprinted right. a lot of other cards that are cool. But don't sell this as, like, this is, uh, uh, <laughs> you tell the, the, the normal people, oh, we're going to have yeah. like this big celebration to celebrate our togetherness. And yeah, it's going to be in this castle uh, right. and you will have to pay $1,000 yeah, admission. Like, oh, you I can mean, watch from the outside, maybe. That yeah, that's like thirtieth. I mean, my thirtieth birthday was uh, just a year ago, and I didn't pay. <laughs> I did. I didn't spend a thousand dollars on my on my thirtieth birthday. You know, I just thousand dollars uh, and four packs. That sounds I like just, some really good drugs. <laughs> I didn't even get packs. You know, I, I mean, I I didn't really. You know, just just ten bucks on my birthday. But <laughs> <laughs> everybody chip in. Let's get drunk like, together. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of kind of interested where um you know this uh this is going. But again, if if not a lot of people buy this product. 
Or like, let, let me say the other way around. If a lot of people buy, end up buying this product, it will encourage uh, Wizards of the Coast to uh, print more sets like these, right? Uh, in the future, we, we, we don't know. Maybe on the 40th anniversary, there's going to be packs that cost like $100,000, you know, for maybe like one <laughs> booster pack and they're sh extra shiny and 3D and whatnot. One million dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> like limited to like 10 packs or something, right? Like if you... So uh, I don't... I don't want to tell you guys um, just don't buy this, but if if a lot of people keep buying these kind of like super expensive products, you know, they, Wizards will print more and uh, they might believe that, hey, this is actually what people want. So... um. I'm actually kind of be curious. Be careful um, with that. Yeah. They 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 have a limited run on this, so this is not going to be printed to demand. So once it's gone, it's gone. I I think like my my gut feeling is it's not gonna like be a big success. On the other hand, I don't know what the print run is. Like if the print run is really small and they actually sell it, then it's a success. Even if they didn't sell all that many altogether, but if they actually met their their mark like economically, right. Right, maybe it makes sense for them. I, I'm just curious. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm. Somewhat conflicted, I guess you can already tell, um, just because I like anything that, like, picks away at the reserved list. I just don't like Wizards going down this route of just, like, making the game so much more exclusive and becoming so much more out of touch with, right. like, how people live and feel and love the game. That just, like, adds me to to the idea of, you know, just, like, fuck you, Wizards, we're gonna proxy the shit out of your life, out of your game. Yeah, maybe, maybe like, the last, maybe, like, on-the-fly argument is maybe that, um, like, if you wanna, like, I got into Magic the Gathering when I was, like, 10 years old, I, I, and I, I got, like, pocket money, like, about, like, two, two bucks per week or something like that. I couldn't, I couldn't buy this. I couldn't even buy the package. Just the package, you know? I, I that's <laughs> I don't know. Um, I yeah, I think like Wizards made it a little harder for uh, for new like especially like kids maybe to uh to start the game, you know? Because yeah, uh, and, and when you say that, I guess we're not talking about like this anniversary edition, right? Because no kid is gonna buy that. But even just I don't know how kids get into Magic these days. When I got into Magic, I, I just like bought tournament packs and pre-constructed decks and stuff, and I guess people still do that. Uh, but once I played my first competitive format that was extended and I could easily buy, like I didn't earn a lot of money like at all because yeah. it was like between university and, and school still where I did like this mandatory military replacement service that you did in Germany back then. And I think I just like randomly bought like three or four extended decks because they were like, a, like maybe 200 euros or something like really easy, like a lot more approachable than like even standard decks being like five to 600 euros now. I don't know, man. It's just... Yeah, and like you are one of the lucky ones, you know, because I, I had to like... Just, just, just grab the, the the garbage cards, you know, out of the trash can. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I didn't even have a trash can, man. <laughs> the trash can was my deck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's my deck box right there. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, yeah. But so, yeah, um, after all, I'm excited to see how this performs. I'm excited to see whether Wizards is, is going to continue this uh, and, and what other stuff we're going to see. Uh, in the long run, I really, really hope that they are going to do something like, you know, this is going to be a proxy cube and you can buy it for, directly from us. And I, I, I would actually buy that. I would buy that. I'm pretty sure. Hell yeah. Let's see. Whew. So with that out of the way, Kai, did you watch the European Premodern Championship on the weekend? <laughs> That's the next uh, transition. I, I did. I did uh, for a couple of minutes because... Um, I gotta say, I'm not. I'm not a pre-modern player myself. You gotta change that. I gotta change that though, because a lot of a lot of those cards are, man, they're so beautiful. Holy smokes, they're so so. Like you know, for anyone who doesn't really know um, pre-modern, it's like basically all those old old cards without these super old cards. But the super old cards are illegal as well, right? That they just happen to be uh, banned, like the Power Nine and stuff. 
Oh, is that the rule? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can explain it. So yeah. Power Nine. Uh, so pre-modern is basically anything up to. I would need to look it up again, but basically all the old stuff. I think that's still old bordered pre-modern magic. Let me look it up. I think I could have sworn I knew it by heart, like something like onslaught or something. Legal sets. Here we go. Great website. Yeah. So it's basically. Oh, you're right. Fourth edition, all the way to Scorch. So all that alpha, beta, etc. stuff. So you're right. It starts at fourth edition. And it's all the way to Scorch. And then it has like a ban list of, I guess, all the anti-cards, all the broke... Oh, Forceful is banned as well. Interesting. They just unbanned Show and Tell on this weekend. So yeah, what, what I see in this ban list is lots of broken stuff. Uh, Brainstorm, right. Minds Desire, Tolarian Academy. Dude, this is... Yes, I think. Really yes, so I, th I think what this what this format is is basically most most of the magic players I know personally are in the thirties, like early forties, late thirties, you know, something like that. That's like those decks are the decks they played when they were like fifteen year olds, you know. And it's 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 kind of like just just coming back. I think like, this format looks really appealing for people who are kind of sick of. Uh, you know, like new fire printings and standard can't really keep up with like too too much uh, too many effects on 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 cards. You know, too many triggered abilities and um, too overpowered just cards in general. And uh, this pro this pre modern format looks looks pretty. Uh, I want to say it's the most beautiful format. It, it's, yeah, just it's, like it's, looking at the decks and the cards. It's it's modest. It's 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 an it's a really honest format. I think like you you. You get what you get. Okay, that's actually pretty bad. To, a bad, bad way to put it. Now it's a, uh, it, it's a, a lot of those cards uh, are just very iconic and um, also also pretty simple and clean. And maybe and, you know, like just being clean is uh, is also like a way of like beauty. Some, some but you know, you know, know what I like about the format? Like I've never really been a big fan of like uh, old school ninety three, ninety four. I've played it um, quite a bit even, but I've never been a big fan of that. And that is because the format never felt all that deep. Like it really, you you felt like you you get to the bottom of it rather quickly, whereas pre-modern, holy shit, like those decks are way deeper and the gameplay looks a lot more override, like way more override. If you, if you check their website out, premodernmagic.com/decks, they just like really know how to sell you on those decks. Like you scroll through it, and even watching the gameplay on the stream because I basically watched the entire weekend. I, I was gonna play in it, I couldn't on short notice. And oh shit! Okay. Yeah, just like wow, like the 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 elf survivor deck and and everything else they have. <sighs> I've never felt this happy looking at decks and deck lists. I I literally can't tell you. Like look at this deck list for example, the second place deck list. Uh, second place oh, finisher, damn. one of the most famous players of the format, if not the most famous player of the format, Pablo Thuarez uh, Fernandez. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome guy. Like, that guy plays so much elves in pre-modern. He's literally Mr. Elf in, in pre-modern. And look at that deck. Oh, it's all foil, or almost all signed. Damn. And it has like four Finton elves, four Lano elves, four Priest of the Tenure, four Survival of the Fittest, Masticar, Squee, Goblin, Naboop, Anger, Biorhythm even Tanglewire. <laughs> this is I mean Biorhythm is uh, is bad in commander, so like this this deck must be good. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works, right? <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And but guess who the winner was? The winner was Mark Eric Falk, the last GP winner. Uh, we had him Jeez. on the cast like a year or two ago. And he played what the coverage called Dark Parfait. So how how would you explain this deck when you look so, at it? It's basically an yes. old deck at the core. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at a an Absan uh, deck. Oh no, it's it's a, it's like an Absan splash red. This is interesting. This is like oh no, this is a five color deck. Excuse me, because there are almost mono white though. 
it's almost more yeah i sure you can see you can say that so uh it, it is like a it is a land tax deck um with like mox diamonds land tax itself and there's all, also like armageddon's to like reset everything but you you're the guy with land tax so you're gonna like get more lands there's also a zurin orb to uh gain some more life and um and then it has a bunch of like creature removal like sorts of plowshares actually that that's it and and other and, and other removal like seal of uh what's it like seal of cleansing i think it's called ray of revelation which ray is like an yeah. yeah like enchantment removal flashback which is really really good with the other core card of the of the deck which is over through it right and well, uh, yeah yeah oh not oh i, th I thought over through it is the core i mean card. It, i mean it is yeah yeah <laughs> kind of but it, instead of getting like uh overpowered like acromas and 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 other things on, on the battlefield like asap it is it is more like of a a controlling approach um i don't know exactly what that creature is it's like a seven mana four four i think with the first oh strike. you don't know okay let me help you out okay yeah. so yeah like you mentioned right the stack has basically all of the land text thing going and then you get some extra cards with seven library and stuff and you have some silver bullets and and something like play, uh engineer plague that you can get because you're also playing i think three copies of enlightened tutor this oh damn yeah <laughs> that's why you got so many one-offs here you got like the one of ivory tower one of cernob one of thomas crypt and even the sideboard has tons of ones of like karmic justice circle of protections um uh, all that kind of stuff so what are you really doing here like you're just chilling you're generating value with scroll rack and and land tax because that's the thing right that's how you get your card advantage you, oh, yeah. you always keep oh, yeah. putting them back you shuffle them back into your hand and that just it's beautiful and then you oath of druids and you either get ancestors chosen which old school no like, like 15 years ago almost like in dredge people played that it's a seven mana four four white creature has first strike yeah, yeah cleric probably and when it comes to play, if I remember correctly, you gain one life for each card in your graveyard. Ooh. Oh, it's even Sherman. Yeah, you gain one life for each card in your graveyard. So you either hit that, or you hit uh, what's the what's the English name of that Shard like, Phoenix? Yeah, I think like Shrapnel Phoenix or something. Like I that. think it's Shard Phoenix. A Shard Phoenix, Phoenix might be. Yeah. Shard Phoenix. Uh, let's not. Yeah, it's Shard Phoenix. And Shard Phoenix is a two-two for for colorless and a red that rarely ever comes up. I guess it has flying. And you can sacrifice it and basically pyroclast on the board. Shard Phoenix deals two damage to each creature without flying. Okay, without flying. So that that's one way to clear the board. So you have Oath of Druids. If your opponent has any creatures, you can just like get the Shard Phoenix out there, uh, sacrifice it, clear the board. Very good against S, uh, most importantly. And then you can also get it back from the graveyard, right? Return Shard Phoenix from your graveyard to your hand for three red. Activate this ability only during your upkeep. And now here comes the beautiful part that I only just realized. And I hope I hope I'm not messing this up. Let's say you cleared the board of Shard Phoenix. It's in the graveyard now. On your next upkeep, you return it to your hand. Then Oath triggers again, maybe or maybe not. But if your opponent starts playing creatures again, they do. You can scroll wreck the Shard Phoenix back into your deck. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure that's that's like part of of what you would do in this deck. Yeah, that's that's very uh, deep. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how often it comes up. That's almost like that's almost like setting up a terminus. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's like that's like the old like sensor dividing top brainstorm terminus thing. You know, it's just like just gotta use my uh, shrapnel, dude. Again. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, interesting, yeah, dude. interesting. I like that. 
This is really, really cool. And then, you know, somehow we have a Chroma Angel of Wrath on the sideboard, so we, we can do that. From what I've seen on stream, like, the, the, the MVP of the entire thing was Meddling Mage. Like, Meddling Mage did so much for Mark, and I'm pretty sure he even added a third copy after winning the tournament, he told us. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's the that's the only blue card in, in, the, in the whole deck. But um, <laughs> there also are four um, Undiscovered Paradise in the main, um, the land that also bounces itself, which is, I, I guess, like, really, really good with uh, land tax, right? Mm -hmm. And also with, like, all, all the other cards, but... Uh, yeah, it. technically it also has synergy with like Scroll Rack, technically Mox Diamond even. <laughs> this yeah. deck is like so it's cool. See, this, this is what I love deck. about this kind of deck. This is, I'm, I like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little surprised that Mark uh, picked a deck like this for an event because I like I thought that he is like a heavy blue player in the first place, you know, and he would probably play something like a standstill deck, for example, like a blue-white control type of type of deck, you know. But this yeah. Is, it's, I, I don't, don't want to say this is, are. Yeah, I don't want to say this is the opposite and because it's also like controlling but it's not controlling with blue it's controlling with uh white a lot of white actually yeah this is this is basically yeah that's what perfect is most of the time like a, a white control deck I think the closest to a blue control deck we have in the format is actually stasis oh <laughs> it plays like you know four stasis and then for control you have like uh four days for arcane denial uh three copies of Throt, uh two copies of foil one copy of counterspell i see here uh, a morphling in the sidebar dude stasis is like an all-star like i've actually seen stasis a lot over the weekend when i was watching the coverage and somebody even like actually who's the name what's the name what's love lotka made top 11 with stasis <laughs> i i what does that even mean like top 11 i thought there's always like top 8 and top 16 yeah i was gonna say top 16 but, but I this guy to... made top 11 <laughs> <laughs> and you know Holy exactly smokes, which place. Dude. Oh, which place is gonna be like second, third, oh, the eleven. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the deck. Um, Mark played it really well. Uh, they even tried to get him drunk. Like he was commentating in between matches sometimes, and yeah, the, the the whole affair, the whole tournament was something they could never run in in the US, I believe, because everybody was like constantly drunk on stream. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it kind of sounds like the old school community where, you know, people really don't care about good plays or not. They just, the thing just, is, I thought, just almost found it like somewhat distracting when the commentators were so drunk. They didn't even talk about the game at all. But, I mean, that's part of the of the charm of it, I guess. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the gameplay looked amazing. And the funny thing is, if you had asked me before the tournament, if I was to predict the finals, I literally would have predicted those two players. And this is like not a tiny tournament. This is 124 players. I literally would have predicted those two players to make the finals, and they did. I should, oh, I wow. should be a betting man. Yeah, become rich already. <laughs> but oh, yeah, there's the best deck in the format for all I know is elves, and we also have three copies of elves in the top four. <laughs> is, oh, is, is that the Delva in in pre-modern? Pretty much, know. pretty much. It also kills you pretty quickly. Like yeah. when you untap with Priest of Titania, like things go Priest of Titania plus plus oh, survival yeah. of the fittest. Like imagine you you can even like survive the fittest for let's say I don't know Quirion Ranger. Play Quirion Ranger, untap Priest of Titania again. Oh my goodness, and do all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. beyond crazy. You you get Viwood symbiotes, you untap your your priest of the ten years, you bounce and replay your Korean Rangers to untap the priests again. In the meanwhile, you make so much mana with your um you can even like get additional priests if you have uh, an anger in the graveyard. Watching this deck and what it can do with Mastercar, that's oh, I wanna I wanna play it so badly, man. Yeah, like Mastercar kinda looks like the, the creator of Behemoth in this deck at least, you know, like like to some like one of the one of those like finishes. It like the deck itself is is just really elegant. Uh, also plays the full set of Tangle Vias in the main, you know, like opponents struggling with mana while you have like just infinite so mana much, of Gaius yeah. Cradles and 
trees of titanius and so on yeah apparently there's a couple of different ways to build it I, i've heard that people also sometimes don't play tanglewire they they rely more on, on something like winter orb i'm looking at the third place list now of marty lindstrom who i think is fluffy by the way very famous um uh, swedish legacy player as well and he's got kamal fist of crosa which is kind of cool because kamal can actually uh, animate gaia's cradle and then you can oh. use Wildwood Symbiote and Kuren Ranger to untap Gaia's Cradle for even more mana. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, he also has Tangle Wire. Never mind. I didn't see that. Okay. And there's one that has Winter Orb. That's the... Oh, that's Carsten Linden in, in, I believe, Forest... You, you know Carsten, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was... I, I, got, I got so pumped uh, while watching the stream because uh, Carsten Linden, who is, uh, I think, a former, uh, former legacy... You know, uh, prof like semi-professional player uh, with Canadian Threshold back in the day, like 2000, like exactly. between 2011 and 2000, I want to say like 14, 15, maybe. He played a lot of, lot of Rock Delva and he was like among the, the top three, four Rock Delva players back in the day with Nimble Mongoose. And um, I saw him on stream and I saw him playing uh, Elf deck. And while using uh, one of my um, Savatarix playmats, which uh, you know, just <laughs> dude, I, I was I was so happy to see that. Um, Carson is a cool guy, and I already, um, I also invited him to uh, my thirty-first uh, birthday by the way in two weeks, so he awesome. might actually he might actually come over. Let's see. Are, are you gonna have? You should stream your birthday, like live the stream alive, twenty-four-seven IRL stream from your birthday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we gotta we gotta celebrate in my uh, in my streaming studio. So uh, are you gonna? Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be the, you know it's gonna be like about like twenty people. For everyone listening to this podcast, if you don't have any plans on October fifteenth, I might just just ask me for my address and just you know let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, boys. Have you figured out where the food is gonna come from? Oh, the oven. Yeah. <laughs> where does the meat come from? From the supermarket? Oh, from sure. The supermarket. Oh, yes. <laughs> So yeah, that that is pre-modern. Definitely check it out. Uh, the we're gonna link the top sixteen deck lists in the pre-modern championship. There's like some really weird stuff. There's like a f deck with Force Grease and and what is this? Solitary Confinement, Zombie <gasps> Zombie Infestation. Oh my god! Dude, I played against me. that you, legacy. Yeah, you, like, you, so you got me. Ago. You got me hooked. Yeah, that that and that and Treasure Hunt. I think. Exalted Angel. Exalted Angel. <laughs> sure, we take those. This is Oh, Slice and Dice, Degree, four copies of Degree of Justice, uh, Asterisk Light, and what is this, Lightning Rift? Like, this is very, very, very old Legacy decks showing up again. Forbidding Watchtower, apparently that's the thing as well in the format. Dude, this, these decks look amazing. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can clearly t tell uh, you, you're kind of hooked, yeah. <laughs> this is just like, this is basically how I got into Magic, and yeah, the, or, or rather Tournament Magic, and the nostalgia is eating me up alive. Like, I guess this is how I feel people who played 93, 94 back then felt it when old school became a thing. Yeah, I guess pre-modern is just my old school. Dude, I love this format so much, even though I've never played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. you, you gotta move me on to the next topic, otherwise I, yeah, I will keep so, going so about uh, these have, so, yeah, so we have another big event that happened on the same weekend, I wanna say. Um, last Saturday, Sunday, in the United States of America, there was the Legacy Pit Open. I think the second one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, probably. Probably. And uh, we... I watch a lot of their coverage on, on Twitch, I gotta say. Like, I, I, I just spent, like, so much... That's also, like, what I didn't stream on the weekend because I was just busy watching. And um, we had, like, Adric Doss and uh, Corey Baumeister doing, like, an amazing job um, on, the, on the coverage. And... Um, 
Yeah, just, I don't know. There was like just, just cra crazy things going on. I think we, we saw a bunch of different archetypes um, and a bunch of magic online grinders who made it to the event. And uh, th like, I mean, look at this top eight. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty stacked, actually. I mean, look at the names, right? There's, there's so many names I instantly recognize, like Bob Wang, Tony Scaponi. Uh, actually, those are the ones I instantly recognize. I mean, yeah, David Lance is also pretty, you know, uh, does a lot of content on on, uh, on, on, twit, uh, twit, on, on Twitter. On Twitter. On <laughs> Twitter. On Twitter. This thing called Twitter. Uh, Samantha Murphy. Um, also been playing a lot of, like, Tempo Doomsday, I think. Tempo Doomsday exclusively. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it, it's really great to, to see those um to see those decks in, in action, you know? Yeah, and by now also, I guess, uh, Hunter Nance. Uh, Hunter Nance, Hunter Nance won the entire thing with Blue Red Diver. You got three copies of Blue Red Diver in the top eight. Uh, one copy of Elves, one copy of Death, right, uh, Death in Texas. One copy of the Epic Gamble in the hand of the OG Epic Gambler, Tony Scaponi. Eight cast in the hand of Bob Wang. Oh, and yeah, Tempo Doom. Was it Temp Tempo Doomsday played yeah, by Samantha Murphy? Yeah, this is like a this is like an interesting deck. Uh, it is it is a Grixis Tempo Doomsday decklist with Murktad Region, Bellowful Strix, a one-off Young Pyromancer. Uh, Samantha told me that uh, that's that's absolutely her like one-off pet card. You know, just, just it had to be in the deck. You know, somewhere. <laughs> it, and I like she she said like and uh, she said like yeah, you know, it, it can't be pyroblasted. Uh, you know, which is That's a, a fair big thing point. in the format right now. Which, is, but you know, there, there's a lot of hydroblasts running around, so um, I don't know about that. It's <laughs> gotta, gotta see. But this is an interesting deck because um, it costs Doomsday, and after Doomsday, you go Expressive Iteration. <laughs> oh, that actually gets you to the very bottom of the deck almost. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, like you pass the turn, then you have four cards in the deck. You pre pre cast Expressive Iteration. You have one card left in the deck, kinda. Yeah, um, like you know. Oh, actually, just, no, one yeah. goes to the bottom, right? One goes to the bottom, so you you gotta put in like a couple of cantrips in there, you know, to uh to finally get there. But uh, most of the time, she just chains uh Bellaful Strix, you know, into other into other ones, and <laughs> there will mostly be like endurances and other. Cards. Oh, there's no there's no cyclas in this deck, right? There's not a single cyclas. There's Whoa. not. There's also no plastic mana in in this deck. Uh, there's no <laughs> no no lion's eye diamond and no lotus petals whatsoever. This is like the most non-doomsday-ish doomsday deck, if you will, because even it, has like straight up removal spells, fatal push. Yeah, dude. Uh, fatal push in, in in the main board. Two more in the sideboard. Um, just lots and lots of of uh, of blasts. Even two unlicensed hers in the sideboard against Delva. You might actually lose the entire match to this deck without realizing it's doomsday. It's just like, you know, a couple of Bayfus tricks, the Murktide region get you, young Pyromancer. Like, nobody would expect that to be Doomsday. Oh, yeah, dude, totally, <laughs> totally. I, I want to find out, yeah, I want to find out how, how often Doomsday was actually cast during the whole uh, I want to find weekend. out how often she went, like, Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Murktide region. <laughs> <laughs> dude, speaking of which, speaking of which, I think the one card that's really missing here is She Aldred. Man, if She Aldred was in this deck, this is already, like, I don't know, man. I, I would I would I would totally jam Shieldred in, in this in this type of deck in addition to Murder. I think there was a reason she didn't play it and she even talked about it on Twitter, but I don't remember it. Like I think she actively decided against that she was aware that that's like a thing, but I don't remember what the reasoning was. Uh, yeah, obviously because she wanted to play Young Power Monster instead, you know, like a Oh, is that how it works? Like like yeah, like most people do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not that deep, dude. It's just like <laughs> I wanna play this easy, okay. Yeah, but really, again, like super, super nice to see. Um, also, people like uh, Tony Scaponi on um on the on the feature match. Um, you know, like multiple times 
with this epic gamble deck. As far as I know, I think he's the almost like the only person who's playing this deck right now. And I hope that after watching this stream and more people might um, pick it up because it is a somewhat entertaining deck. It is super entertaining to watch. It is also probably super entertaining to play and stream. And, but there's uh, at least one more person. Like over the weekend, there's, there's one guy on Magic Online, Cork. And they wrecked me like twice on the weekend with, with the Epic Gamble. So unless it's like Tony Scaponi's odd account that he played in between rounds, there's, there's at least one more person. Oh, that's sick. Okay, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. But yeah. yeah. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about uh, quote-unquote 8-cast because Bob Wang actually talked about that deck and how he changed it because he he ran some kind of like hypergeometric calculation that's basically like I, I know the thing when you calculate how I how likely am I to have this card or that amount of this specific kind of card by turn X and if you if you really put a lot of time into and thought into that you can really optimize the hell out of your deck and apparently that's what Bob did because he gets to do that at work <laughs> I would assume sure and Bob figured and that, that's a cool thing he figured you know 8cast kind of cool deck but it's a little bit too clunky like you don't turn on Mox Opal as often as you actually want to and you end up with like uncastable affinity spells too often in the early game like Thoughtcast and Thought Monitor and that's what he reduced. He uh, cut one thought cast. He cut one thought monitor. And I could have sworn he also cut one Kappa Cannoneer down to only two copies. And he added a bunch more cheap artifacts to to make the deck flow more easily, right? And I picked it up. I played it like through four leagues on the weekend. That's not the craziest sample size, but it felt good. It felt really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I went off the list. I'm even considering this list for the the uh, European Legacy. Uh, what's it called? Masters in uh, <laughs> Bologna for seasons. Yeah, uh, dude, I mean, this deck is no joke. Uh, like you know, it it looks pretty much like a like a regular uh, eight cast list. I think I think at this point, a lot of people know what an eight cast uh, deck list looked like. But this one has two license hearse in the main board already as a as a way to you know to clear graveyards. Um, just shrinking. Um, Dragon it's, yeah. it's super good against Salva. It's also super good against uh, what's it called, uh, Urodex, of course. And I can also turn like those um, Psy Massathopterist tokens into, uh, you know, like they, 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 those tokens can crew on Lassen's Hearse pretty easily. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. So, so, it's, like, so it's like next, next to Kappa Kanonier and Usa Saga tokens, you have like Lassen's Hearse is, is not a joke. This can like just slam for eight points of damage or even more yeah unless your opponent has a dress down i learned that the hard way this literally actually dies if they have a dress down oh does it you any yeah you animate it it's a creature but then it oh. loses the ability uh and then just like dead <laughs> oh no so, oh man and you also lose all your saga to oh my goodness yeah yeah, yeah that was total devastation oh i was oh completely destroyed <laughs> okay uh, i mean that's why you play magic online for learn it the hard way damn there's even a Crucible of Worlds in the sideboard, which um, it's a little. Is, is there like any way to tutor up this Crucible? I don't. No, you can think just draw so. it as you do. Uh, like this oh, deck draws oh, a bunch of cards. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. <laughs> we don't do tutoring, Kai. This is not pre-modern. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a Caracas on the sideboard. Um, Neville Tutor in the Discord actually asked, "Hey, how good is is Shelter actually going to be against this?" And I mean, if she remains unchecked, probably pretty good. Oh, she uh, only is, is the nuts. Uh, but I gotta say, I I also had a game where I had she Eldred, but I got like, I got annihilated by uh, construct tokens because they get like they become so big. So yeah. uh, you know, she Eldred is, is is good, but it's not GG. I guess she's good if she gets like to the board in a very early game. On the other hand, the deck still has a lot of outs against her, right? You have Caracas, you have uh, Ot Ot 
Ottawara. Ot no, help me out. It's Ottawara. Ottawara. <laughs> You're gonna sound surprised. Ottawara. Yeah. So it's not Ottawara. Ottawara. No, no. Okay, sorry, city. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so that, that that's ways around her. But right now, I really, really like art. By the way, I love what Bob has done in the last couple of weeks. You know how, how like a month or two, like a couple of Zoomers on Twitter implied, hey, Bob is washed and he's like sticking to the old stuff and like, is he even relevant anymore? I mean, they didn't say that. They literally didn't say that. Uh, and they also didn't mean to imply that. But if you play it up a little, they did. <laughs> oh, really? I Yeah, I, I didn't even, I didn't even realize Oh. Yeah, and then Bob came out of like Kemi's kind of semi-retirement, and he uh -huh. literally destroyed so many tournaments. I think he made so many top eights in the Legacy Challenge. I think he also did really well in the Legacy Showcase Challenge. He made top eight oh, yeah. of this 306-player tournament. Like Bob is like, dude, I, I still get some moves, man. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, my man, our man, <laughs> very good, very impressive. Former host of Everyday Tournament. He's your, here's yeah. your predecessor in a way. Yeah, congratulations, really. Like that, that's really a, a super strong. Uh, showing, you know, among 306 players, I gotta say, like, this is not some small f Friday Night Magic, you know, this is, this is like the real, the real stuff. So, awesome. And then, yeah, we got Blue Red Diver, but nobody wants to talk about, about Blue Red Diver. Um, the most exciting thing I have about this list is, uh, one of the lists is one Mishas Bubble, the other one is two, and the other one is three. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Can oh, you believe shit, it? Dude. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. I, I gotta say, like, one of the lists also is a one of power. What is, what is, what is wrong with people? Why are playing, why are people playing, like, one of power monsters in, in those Doomsday and, 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 and Delver decks? What is going oh, on? Oh, true, true. Yeah, what is a pyromancer doing? I mean, there? it's cute. It's it's the level one play of having something that can't be pyroblasted and that if it stays around might actually win you the game. I mean, does it though? Uh, I, I mean, uh, if it if it made flying tokens that block, yeah, I guess I guess my Oh my goodness! Yeah, you wanna you wanna see like the sickest tech ever. So Hunter Nance, who uh, who took down the tournament, he has an expressive iteration in the sideboard. Oh, how deep does it go, man? What on <laughs> what on earth is this? What? Oh no! Yeah, I mean, I mean, gotta make room for that young pyromancer. <laughs> Holy smokes, dude! An expressive situation is cyber. What, dude? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of losing my mind here. What, what, what does that even mean? I mean, the card can be kind of clunky. It's basically a three mana spell most of the time, even okay. though it only says two on the top, but still. <laughs> well, I, th I thought that's, I, I thought the expressive situation is like the reason to play Blue Red Delver. Dude, you know what? Like, watch me, watch me. Putting a dark, a single dark ritual in the sideboard next time I, I play Doomsday. <laughs> That's crazy! Holy smokes! And uh, obviously, congratulations for uh, you know taking down the event for. That's really interesting. I, I guess I, he must I, not like expressive duration. He's, he's also the only diver deck playing, uh, not playing Mystic Sanctuary. I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. Okay. Because he's just like more in your face, beat down, gotcha with young Paramancer. Young Paramancer's the truth. <laughs> interesting. Okay. 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 And yeah, and then we got Fs, and this one is, um, I, still, I still haven't found a proper name for it. I called it like Nick for Fs. I think Fiend Artisan Nick for <laughs> Fs makes, makes more sense. This, this is where you keep like cutting all of the, the sacred cows of Fs. I think um, uh, Glimpse of Nature is gone by now, and I think uh, by next week we're probably also going to cut like Gaia's Cradle. Uh, maybe not Gaia's Cradle. But yeah, this is a bunch of lands, and then we, we have the core engine still intact. We have Green Sun Zenith, we have natural orders we have uh the best friends team even though i think we cut well oh, we cut down to two elvish visionaries Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, crazy. Uh, but we are yeah, playing uh acceleration lanawa elves and of course the namesake card for the deck i guess uh fiend artisan and yeah newton hang says this is the, the best two drop in legacy i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> 
best two drop in Legacy. That's like a very tall order. I, I think uh, it doesn't I, really get past Thalia. Oh, I, I didn't. Uh, I wanted to like it doesn't pass Young Param. No, no, uh, Burktide Region. What? <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no, I, I think Burktide no. Region is actually the best two drop in Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting looking deck. Uh, I'm a little surprised by the super high land count in this deck. I mean, uh, you need like, it. The, st the stack is insanely mana hungry. Angry, uh, hungry, <laughs> hungry, hungry. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, it's it's even playing like a crop rotation to get more Gaia's cradles. I, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. I always like that one of crop rotation elves. Like no matter which version you play, yeah, I think that's that's kind of cool. It's interesting that you mentioned like uh, a Nickfit elves because like to me it looks more like a like a Maverick type of elf stack. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that's actually what but, what a, when I tried it, I saved it as Maverick elves on Magic Online. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> did you? Great uh, minds think alike. Yeah. Um, I can't really, I can't really s say if I like this deck in particular because uh, I'm not a huge fan of like very odd numbers. For example, like you know, you see like three Elisaur Shepherd, for example, which looks a little weird. You know, two Elvish Visionaries, as you already mentioned, uh, like a one of Korean Ranger, which is I guess fine because you are like a, a tutor, uh, a tutor box, um, a toolbox deck. Um, yeah, but. I don't know, but when I look at it with like the, the eyes of an Elves player, a lot of those numbers really make sense. For example, like the one of Gurren Ranger. It's a very common play to go turn one acceleration, turn two, you don't have a land, but you have a Senate. So you send it for a Quirin Ranger, bounce the land, untap your creature, replay the land. All of a sudden you have like a ton of mana and two mana left. And on the following turn, you're going to have at least four mana. Like that makes sense. And like also a lot of the, the, the Elves, like Visionary, you really only need one Visionary. And I mean, it's still one of the more controversial cuts, but once you have Firewatch Symbiote and Visionary, you can just like keep going. The the thing I've never really fully warmed up to is just like how mana hungry this is and how this deck sometimes just like struggles when you want to punish your opponent, but you, you can't really except for natural order when they struggle. Um but yeah, I think this deck will continue to do well until people play more style right. effects and uh stopping library searches. Like I played <laughs> against this with um eight cast just yesterday yeah. and I I can't say I destroyed it. I won, but I I guess I destroyed it in one of the games. Sure. And Pithing Needles went a long way. I played 8-cast, uh, the list that Bob provided, and the two Pithing Needles, they did so much damage to Fiend Artisans and Elvish Reclaimers and Wildwood Symbiots. And this is basically what the deck is running on. And then the last card I had was Graft Digger's Cage, and at that point, it's just like lights out, really. Right, right. From there, the best you could do is like drop out a Sorrow Shepherd and a Cradle and, and then try to get there. But the deck is actually playing so few Elves. That's not even all that great. Uh, especially against tokens. I'll, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I like that. The deck is still called elves, and I think you know, like, if you want to play this, uh, how do you even call this? Like a, like a, uh, Golgari, elves. yeah, go, yeah, Golgari midrange elves, or if you want to play like, like, like traditional like uh, turboish elves, you know, with uh, nettle sentinels, or even like the non-nettle sentinel version, I, I think it's totally legit to have uh, multiple versions of of you know of elves. Um, being popular in Legacy, same thing for for Doomsday. You know, you don't have to pick up um, Max Torsion's super fast four person tutor build. You can also go like Samantha Murphy style and just go like Young Power Monster main board. You know, so a lot of ways to, you, you can you can you can do stuff Legacy. That's uh, that's what I really like. I think yeah, that's definitely, and especially since this list is also putting a lot, a lot of uh, finishes. I think we've seen a l both. Well, I I don't ever really like talking about it as this dichotomy of like, oh, this is the Nettle combo version and this is the, the Fiend Artist mid-range version because it very much is a spectrum, like how you build it. Sometimes I build like the combo version with um, Elfish Visionaries and stuff, uh, Elfish Reclaimers and stuff. Sometimes you you move more toward the mid-range. That's always been the thing for Elves, right? And that's why we have seen um, value Elves and, and all that kind of stuff in the past. 
and yeah i it's much more a spectrum than than an actual dichotomy to me and i think right now this deck really abuses the disrespect or, or the misunderstanding i want to say people have about elves i think people in a lot of ways still think oh if i play like you know i don't know a lot of counter spells and and creature removal that's going to be good and i mean that never was good in the first place and it's even worse against this deck because it's literally going to grind you out and also mass removal is not going to help you this this re would require another a different approach to playing or building your deck, and yeah, I mean it's still elves. I don't know how much people right. wanna wanna wrap their deck building with regards to elves, even though I think it's by now it's usually one of the top five most played decks in any tournament. That's crazy. You know what? I I, I just found like one thing that I think is like kind of funny is uh it's, so our deck has like a one of shriek more in the sideboard, which you can you know bring in against I, I don't know like any creature deck, but. Uh, you gotta pay six mana with Fiend Artisan to tutor up that Shriek Mork because it costs five mana. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, the, is that, the, is like, that really good? I mean, <laughs> that's like the a... thing. Like, people, even when it was less mid-range, people also played, like, sometimes two or three copies of Shriek Maw. Uh, another upside is you can actually get it with Once Upon a Time. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like, it's a spell you can find with Once I mean, Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah. That, sounds like, that sounds like much better than uh, tapping six mana f and tapping your Fiend Artisan to get a Shriek Maw. <laughs> Product permanently into into play, you know. But yeah, the yeah. Once that gets fear. going, you you get to um, do some very nasty stuff. Um, I wouldn't really doubt that you could also get progenitors in the end, like double <laughs> cradle. Easy, easy progenitors there. <laughs> sure. You know, if you like elves and if you like birthing pot, this might just be the deck for you. That that's all. That's all I'm saying. You know. That's a good way to put it. Cool. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about is uh, there was some quote unquote drama around this tournament. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Let's move I, I, on to the next topic. Uh, <laughs> by the way, th thank you so much for listening, everyone. <laughs> all, like, so, so all I know is that the, the attendance was uh, not as high ex uh, as expected. Yeah, exactly. That's a shame, right? Um, right. I, th I think that they calculated with a maximum capacity of 600 people, and they expected 600 people to show up which is like larger than some of the GPs we have seen in the past. And they advertised this event as a 20K, meaning that there would be $20,000 in payout. Now, the thing is only half the people they expected showed up, or at least what they kept at showed up, which in turn meant that the payout was also reduced, but not in your typical shady way. Because, you know, there's sometimes tournaments where people are like, oh, there's going to be 20K in, in, in prices. And then when not enough people show up, the, the organizer cuts prices, even though they didn't announce that they would scale with attendance. Now, the Legacy Pit kind of announced that they would scale with attendance, but it's between the lines. Because what they said is, any player not placing in the top 32, but having made day two of the Legacy Main Event, will receive $115. Now, the thing is, the number of people who make day two does scale with the number of attendance, and as such, the price payout scales with attendance. But if I understand that that wasn't immediately obvious to everyone. So I think that's where the drama came from. I think somebody calculated that they ended up giving out, let's say, 12k, 13k, 14k, let's say 14k. So the, the total payout fell short of the 20k. But yeah... Uh, I think Ossimanias put it best on Twitter when he said, this is the list of all players who were paid less than they were promised. And then it's literally a blank table. Because in the end, everybody got exactly what they were promised for their finish. 
So I understand why it's weird. Uh, and I guess the legacy pitch should have been clearer in their communication about that. But in the end, I don't think anybody really got shortchanged here. Uh, I mean, that, that sounds really good to me, at least. Um, I gotta say, though, um, I'm like... I'm I'm like I'm among those people who really don't care. No, 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 like no, don't care is like the the wrong way to put it. But it's like uh, whatever, dude. You know, like you you had you had, a, you had a good weekend. You played a bunch of magic. You had you had fun. You know, competing is cool. And um, at the end of the day, you know, if you make a little bit maybe, or if there's like a trophy or like some proper coverage, you know, like that, I mean, that's what people want. I like. Uh, yeah, coverage is worth right. a lot. Like people yeah. really value coverage. It should it shouldn't really like come down to like you know I I got like fifty dollars at the end or like I got seventy five instead. You know I mean that that doesn't matter. Like that will partially cover your dinner maybe or like mm -hmm. a part of the part part of the I don't know, like a one hotel room night or something. But people don't go there to cover yeah. the expenses, right? That that not that's not like if you planning if you ever planning a trip to a GP or some larger event and you hope to break even. Well, like you know, you 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 better win this event. Um, altogether. I mean, you're, you're never really breaking even in like expected value, um, unless you're like even if you're Paulo Vito Domino Rosa and you attend a GP, it's uh, I, I guess if it's like a neighboring country or something. Right? Whatever. Yeah, you, you you better be, you better stop practicing for those like pro tours <laughs> and mythic championships. But you you also get so it's much value out of it, right? That's not monetary. But yeah, what what I want to say is, I think you don't or, or you and I, right? We both don't care all that much. Um what the payout is as long as you don't feel like the organizer is just trying to you know to scam you, you. Yeah, scam yeah. you or something and usually there is a feeling of being scammed when an organizer reduces the price payout uh in an unannounced way but i don't really feel like this has happened here i think the the big problem is that that they announced this at 20k when uh they, they had a scaling element in the price payout. You know, usually when you announce, like, let's say a 20K, you have prices all the way down to 64, top 128 place, and that's your 20K, and that's what you're going to pay out. But since they had, like, a, a scaling element, you can't really advertise it as a 20K. You you could act, advertise it as a, like, max 20K or, like, as a 10K plus X or something. So it's more like a yeah. okay. improper communication. But um, like, like Alcimania said, in the end, Everybody got what they were promised. Okay, cool. You know what? Let, 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 let's fix this problem, okay? Everyday Eternal, let's fix tournaments starting oh. now. <laughs> we, 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 gotta, we, gotta, we gotta fix this problem in like, you know, like um, 10 seconds, okay? So I would suggest that we call this uh, just Big Legacy event from now on. Boom. I fixed it. Big Legacy event. <laughs> <laughs> the Everyday Eternal Big Legacy event. Hey, sign up now. To <laughs> sign, sign up now. It's gonna happen on, on Kai's 31st birthday. <laughs> There's gonna be in my studio. There's gonna be uh, um, um, big prices. Um, that's all I can say for now. <laughs> just like, big prices, big advantage. You just gotta, yeah. Just uh, you know, just 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 trust me on on this, and uh, we'd be good. <laughs> I mean, I would trust you on that. I've I've played. Uh, I remember. Oh, that's a long time ago. Mark Vogt had tournaments that he would host at his at his apartment in Munich, and we would go there and we would play like eight man tournaments. That was actually really cool. Um, it's been a long time, and he would like. I think collect some money for food and then I think he or his wife would cook. Dude, dude Mark, if you can hear this, we gotta do that again. Imagine uh, if you streamed that. Holy shit, if you streamed that, people would love that. Think, dude, yeah, for sure. For event coverage, it doesn't it almost doesn't matter how many players are in the event. Like if you have like a, a properly done 
like nice coverage. Let's say like an eight-player uh, single el elimination uh, event, or it doesn't even have to be single elimination. Or like a, just a eight-player. Everyone is kind of like super skilled. You know, you have proper coverage. That's that's just prime content. Seriously, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know. You know how in, in StarCraft they had home story cap. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't play StarCraft. Sorry. I, oh, I was you missed out. I, like, I, yeah, I was one of those like poor kids. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I guess we got to talk about that a different time because it's a story on its own. But like, Home Story Cup is amazing. They started out as basically a bunch of friends who were like, some of them were pro players, some of them were like doing coverage, and they literally got together in this one guy's apartment, and they would just like stream uh, StarCraft matches and and like stream their own private StarCraft tournament to the community, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger every time. I think at one at one tournament they even like. Had a stripper hired um, to come to the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was, I remember, I remember watching that. And so they, they had literally they had the stripper on stream, which is like I guess you can't do that on Twitch anymore. But back then that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but she she didn't like dress completely naked, but almost. And yeah. the the two organizers they were sitting on the sofa and they were watching the stripper on the stream preview and not like behind them. <laughs> <laughs> no way, dude! Oh, holy I laughed. That it was like the most, like the nerdiest thing you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, dude. we should definitely. I, I do it. I'm toe down. Uh, we should do, definitely do that. I, I wonder which kind of strippers you can find in Berlin. Uh, I mean, like probably like the really fucked one. Uh, fucked, fucked up ones. <laughs> <laughs> that makes for better content then. Cool. Oh, and God. speaking of fucked up, there's an amazingly fucked up deck in in the top eight of the <laughs> last Legacy Challenge. And this is this is last deck list I want to highlight today. Yeah. This is coming to you from Sprouts. Is, is this your new deck, Kai? Is this the future you see for yourself? <laughs> so I, I, I gotta like, uh, what, what's going on here? So uh, so we got an S... No, is this an Esper deck? No, this is a Jeskai deck. Yeah, holy, holy shit. Okay, so this is like a, a Jeskai Jeskai aggro deck with uh, Invisible Stalker, which is uh, pretty much just an unblockable creature, right? Yeah, unblockable and it has hexproof. Oh, nice. It's basically okay. like a bogle. Oh, nice. Okay, that, that's, uh, that's pretty uh, medium, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, like, now. yeah, but... To, uh, you, you got a lot. You got a lot of um, punch to it because uh, you you can power up this uh, mediocre threats with hold by bear blood forged battle axe, which is a one mana artifact equipment from double masters. Mm -hmm. uh, equipped creature gets plus two plus zero oh whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player. Creature no create a token that is a copy of blood forge battle axe <laughs> so many battle oh, axes oh my goodness and then you can equip it for another two mana what's not to love about that dude i played that <laughs> in in in, uh, in rectus knights it kind of was actually really good uh, if, yeah I mean, you basically your, your invisible stalker keeps growing every turn you also by the way you have backup invisible stalker in the form of uh, three true, true nem nemesis. True and then, nem nemesis. Know, yeah. You got all that that blue stuff like for ponder, for brainstorm, for forceful, for days, uh, two force of negation, Dude, four thoughts of plowshares. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's the deck basically builds itself from that I point mean, on. Like, yeah, I mean, you gotta play free counters because you, you are like you busy dumping all your mana into like equip costs, like like and drawing the, extra like, cards. That's the thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's, oh yeah. Oh, you, the you can definitely the right enchantments, right? I think this is like a this is like an interesting approach of like making Esper Sentinel like maybe good again, you know. Again, like, oh dude, again has been called. 
after that, you, you saw a couple of like wonky Esper Sentinel deck lists, like after um, the set release. I think shortly after the set set release, you saw a couple of people. But the thing is, I don't even wanna. I don't even wanna put these enchantments on Esper Sentinel. I wanna put these enchantments on Invisible Stalker. Oh, sh sure, yeah, and run away with the game. Um, yeah, because you draw extra cards. So we, we got, <laughs> maybe it's just like mention those two enchantments. So we got Curious Obsession, and I just clicked, oh, here it is. Curious Obsession, um, some of you might remember that from Standard. Uh, the, the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. Actually, and something happens on the beginning of your instep. If you didn't attack with a creature this turn, sacrifice Curious Obsession, okay, that never happens. So you always put it on Invisible Stalker, True Name Nemesis, and draw a card every turn, like an extra card for just one blue. I think that's really good. And then we have Staggering Insight, which is kind of the same, but it costs a white and a blue. A creature, uh, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has lifelink. And whenever this creature is combat damage, you draw a card. So this really helps you win uh, damage choices, I would think. Yeah, uh, like... You gotta push. I, 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 I mean, you, you, I, you sound very much not convinced of the stack. Oh well, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I know, I, like in my head, I'm like, okay, so what, what do I do if, if I have like, like three, four blood forged bad axes from the field? Like, I, I couldn't handle this. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you, you just have like, two like, arms. I got two, two arms for like three axes, and uh, it's just like too much equipping going on. So uh, I feel a little like, un um, you know, a I little mean, uncom uncomfortable. But I think this deck is really good at pushing. Yeah, that's literally the only thing you do, right? You you just like you spend your mana on equipping or or casting your cantrips or removal spells. This is like pretty straightforward in the way it plays, I would think. Like you're really fucked, like you're giga fucked if you never stick in an invisible stalker. I guess that's also why we play like four force of worlds here. Uh and, and we try to like really make sure it sticks because yeah. once it's in play, there's not too much that can actually get rid of it. Um yeah. I guess Supreme Verdict or something. But yeah, it's the Bogles, the Bogles approach from modern. Right. All I can say is like, yeah, you, you better keep pushing because if if you fall behind with this deck, you are. I mean, Kai, what else would you be you, doing you, with this deck? Like, <laughs> it's, it's like put curious obsession on, on invisible stalker and sit back, or <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole idea. You, you draw extra cards, so you can oh, spend wow. like it's much easier to, to yeah. cast your force of wills and force of yeah. negations because you keep drawing extra cards every single turn. Right, right. Like, and yeah. yeah, and as if Bloodforge Battle Axe was not enough, it also plays Ubisoft Jitte in the sideboard, alongside other interesting cards such as Armageddon. Uh, really, Stony, it's really good to yeah, it's really good to equip a Bloodforge Battle Axe to a creature if, uh, past Armageddon. But uh, you know, we gotta see about that. I mean, you, you, don't forget, you most of the time, <laughs> like how you keep focusing on the one one of Bloodforge Badlacks instead oh, then, of the then eight I enchantments. It's like, it's like a free answer for getting a one off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, this I think this deck is kind of funny to play it. Um, I don't know how good it's gonna be, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of decks in the format that would actually roll over to this rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah. Definitely yeah. try it out. Um, we're going to tune in again next time when we find yeah. out that this has actually won the Legacy Challenge. Um, Dude, in the hands of Kai Savatari playing two copies of Bloodforge oh Bedlegs because the one of us too random. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my task is real cool. <laughs> I mean, we are already at 61 cards, so yeah. Oh, that's crazy. You know what, Julian? Uh, I think, like, I, I, I just uh, looked it up. Uh, no, um, I, just, I just saw that we almost recorded for... Uh, about two hours you oh, you know again? just 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 the two of us without callum uh that's crazy i think like before the re before the recording session i was like dude i i it's, got, it's probably gonna be like 30 minutes you know and i'm gonna be like out out here but <laughs> we just we just <laughs> there's too much stuff to talk about man yeah it was uh it was, i mean it was i could like... have gone on about pre-modern for like another hour or something and i haven't oh, even oh played it God. yet can you imagine how crazy it's gonna be if, if i ever start playing the format 
yeah, we, we probably have to do like a weekly a weekly cast then instead. And, uh, <laughs> the oh pre-modern legacy podcast, pre-modern yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah, so that's some marketing value in there. No, it was it was a really really cool, interesting episode. I can't I can't wait to have Callum back for the next one. Uh, but you know, I had a had a had a good time. <laughs> great. If you had a great time, leave a review of us on Apple Podcasts or support us on patreon.com slash everydayeternal and join our Discord community. If you want to find us, you can find us on at EternalMTG on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on at itsjudian23 on Twitter and at... And, so, and Savatarix on um, Twitter, all social media ca- channels and also my homepage, savatarix.com. Awesome. With that, we're going to call it a day. Uh, thanks again to all of our supporters, especially the Eternal Witness tier supporters, Tommy Hinks, Testacula, Sebastian Holaga, Guillaume, Hanawar Elf, Sean Dewey, Francis Kauper, Cassandra Davis, Benedict Gruber, and Severin Schwarzuber. And our unmatched top-tier Grizzlebrand supporters, Victor Benatzt, Bachibat, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henrik Korkutz, Tom Hepp, Andrew Whitman, and Paragon Games in St. Louis. Couldn't do it without you. Still can't afford the, what's it called, secret layer, all your money. But, you know, maybe, maybe one time close. in the future. Get close. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe how much of a train wreck this product seems to be. But Thank I love the memes that come out of it. Like, the best memes are coming out of this. Thank you, guys. We can probably, uh, you know, just get, uh, I was, I was going to say, like, again, like, Raging Goblin, holy shit. But maybe, like, a lightning bolt, you know? Yeah. $1,000 lightning bolt. Dude, that's Proxy. <laughs> proxy, dude. Oh no, you're right, you're right. Okay, guys, see you everybody and tune in next time. Bye bye. Yo, cheers.